What is going on, everyone? It is episode 162. Yes, you heard that right, 162. We'll talk about it later. Recorded on Sunday, April 16th, 2023. I'm Drew, and hey, John, what do you call a deaf gynecologist? No idea. A lip reader. night which means it's time for another episode of the dad's after dark show with your hosts drew and john what's up john on today's episode we have tears of the kingdom the hype train is here we have tv talk it's been a while we did a recap on some old shows and some new shows and lastly we have a bunch of listener questions and a voicemail from the truth man himself that we'll uh we'll answer John, I miss you. I, I feel miss like you. I feel like it's been a roller coaster the last I don't know. What's the last time we actually had a real episode? Two, three weeks we, ago. Three weeks ago. And mm. uh, I got to watch you do a frat boy weekend um <laughs> for the whole week with work. I'll talk which, all about that. Which was nuts, by the way. Oh nuts. My God. I have it, so much to say about that as well. <laughs> I, I need some comments from the outside, but yeah, like you know, I, I I I apologize because I really, really, really wanted to be on last episode. We were going to talk about the Mario movie, um, but I'm going to be blunt. Here's what happened was last week I had a super important business trip to Orlando, a, a super big presentation. Um, and my daughter had strep throat like three or four days before I was supposed to leave. And I started getting like all nervous. I went and got a strep test myself. And my voice was getting a little raspy, and I just said, podcasting for two hours the night before I'm going to leave just wasn't going to be the best thing for, for my body. Right. So I unfortunately had to had to sit it out and just kind of rest. Um, but I'm, I'm glad I did in a way because I, I felt great, and the, the work trip went absolutely fabulous. Um, make a, a super short out of it was what's going on was we had a... Um, I had a huge presentation. So General Dynamics, if you didn't know, General Dynamics is a very large company, owns about eight sister companies underneath it. Uh, Electric Boat being one of them. That's where I work. Um, some of the other wait, ones. Wait, right? wait, wait. Your company is called Electric Boat? Electric Boat. We built some of <laughs> It's so literal. Wow. Straight to the point, right? Are they electric? <laughs> well, they're nuclear. So, Anyways, so okay. There's so the name of the other, company is a lie. There's other there's seven other business <laughs> units, right? Some you know some focus on um, airplanes, uh, tank, all sorts of mil- a lot of military stuff, but non military stuff. So every year there's this symposium for General Dynamics, the big company, where um, one presentation from each business unit uh, gets up and presents to all like the big executives at General Dynamics, um, and. And me specifically, my my project that I've been working over the last couple of years got selected. So, um, yeah, that's that's why I went and I presented it and uh, it went well. But, John, I, I, I also had a lot of uh, fun on this trip as well. Yeah. <laughs> like Now, see, here's the question. Um, I think you've done, you've done, I think I know at least one other work trip that you've done. Mm. And Drew will send me pictures of the work trip. And it's like 
golf. Listen, more golf, drinking, and it is like a frat party at Electric Boat. It's mm. the weirdest thing. And I'm, you were saying. Uh, you guys what he ended up at a dance club. I'm not even sure if you're going to get into it, so I will get into it. At some point on one night, Drew ends up at a dance club. He sends a picture of what looks like a Yoshi egg that's on his arm, and he is suggesting that he doesn't even know where it came from, like as if he has this surprise tattoo. And I'm mm-hmm. like, "Oh, did you get like is that a tattoo?" And he's like, "I don't know." And it's it's clearly a stamp. And <laughs> it's just it was hilarious. You were like 12 beers in on a work trip. And I'm like, yeah, I have never done that on a work trip. Like, Listen, no way. As I talked about, we've been practicing <laughs> and working so hard on this that and I'm with my employees here. But, but don't, you know, and I don't want to get too deep into the weeds of the work stuff. But but we, we this was a celebration. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, we flew in Monday night, Tuesday. We laid low. I didn't even uh, you know, we had a nice lunch and we kind of didn't go out. We, I was in bed by like eight thirty, nine o'clock. Because Wednesday was the big presentation. So right. after that was done, like, we were so, like, happy, proud, like, excited. Yeah, we went out and celebrated, you know. So we went out um, Wednesday night. Our company actually rented out an entire floor of Top Golf, um, And it was open bar, all you could eat food. And it was awesome. So we had open Top Golf for, like, three hours. That was done around 830 and like there was a bus to go back to the hotel, and we're like, it's eight thirty, and we're not going back <laughs> to the hotel. Did none of you? None? Did any of your team go back to the hotel, or your whole team was like, um, gonna... I think five of us. Five of us continued on. Okay, all right. Yeah, there was four guys and a, and a girl. And wait, wait, I wait! Ended... There was a girl on your team. Yeah, there's a girl. Holy there. shit! Yeah. Well, that's not the picture that I saw. Well, I don't know which picture I sent you. I don't remember the sausage factory picture. A diverse group of white men, some bald, some with beards. Listen, some one of those shorts. Was, one of those was my VP, so be careful. <laughs> uh, anyways, we went to Universal Studios City Walk, and we did an escape room. So you call it frat party. I call it team bonding exercises. Yeah, but it was a drunken escape room. It was. We did a couple shots before it. So... I. <laughs> I can't get into it. The poor guy, all I'm going to say is one guy doesn't drink and he was not happy with us because the rest of us were. And we did the Jurassic World one. This is a different type of escape room. It was a little unique. You know, typical escape rooms, the whole idea is to escape. Um, this one was eight mini rooms. And the idea of the Jurassic World was is these dinosaurs are coming to attack you. You're trying to escape this facility and, and like the, the raptors are kind of like sneaking up on you in every room you move on. You you automatically move on from room to room. Like after five to six minutes, the door opens and you go to the next room and you get graded on how much you completed in that room. So mm. you see all eight rooms, which is kind of cool. Yeah. But at the end, it doesn't feel like you you like solved a lot. So we escaped one out of the eight rooms. And we when you a, say when you say escape, you mean you did all the puzzles? Like the door opened, it turned green before the time. Oh, like I it, see. Okay. If not, like it goes like like an alert goes off, and it's like flashing red lights, and then the door just opens automatically. Right. So we did one out of eight. We got a total score of nine out of twenty. <laughs> but John, let me tell you, Cooper, 
shout out to Cooper, who was Coop. just working there. So Cooper was the guy, like, the room behind you, like, sweeping your mess up and, like, putting all the stuff back where it belongs. So he could, like, hear us because he was just one room behind us. And he said, he goes, I've seen a lot of escape rooms, a lot of parties, but you guys by far sounded like you had the most fun of anybody I've ever heard. Except for the one guy in your team that was pissed off at you. I, I want to say I can totally relate to that guy. I mean, I'm, I, I'll i drink, but I, I never I never yeah. really get drink. I don't even get buzzed or whatever. If I have one drink, my Michelle will look at me weird because she doesn't drink at all. And I could totally rate. To, I could totally relate oh, yeah. to whoever it was that was like probably in there, ready to do an oh, escape yeah. room. And they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna do this, guys." And you guys are like, Wah! "Well, yeah." And then there was one room, like room five. We just got like the drunk giggles, and we <laughs> all were just like we couldn't talk. Uh, there was another room. There was like you know, it was just like there was like vents, like blowing AC in there. And the poor guy thought for sure that the vents were like were like poison was gonna come in. And we had to close all the vents. So he's like closing all. I'm like, oh my god, it's, it's hot as balls in here. Like, like, I think it was just the AC vents. Is that like one of those that that's just the AC? But I think it was just thought, the AC. But they thought it was part of the because when you do the escape rooms, it. it's know. always a, you don't know. A, it's always a guesstimate of what is the escape room. I mean, it yeah. has to be so freaking annoying to be an escape room manager because they they tell you. Don't mess with the outlets. No, they say don't mess with the outlets. Don't mess with the light. Like there will be nothing. They are lights and they are outlets. I guarantee you every day there's somebody who's like, maybe it's an outlet. (laughs) Air conditioning unit. It's Orlando. Yeah. (laughs) It's freaking hot as balls. It was a great time. Um, And then like you said, really toward the next night, we went out to um, a piano bar, a dueling piano bar, which was a great time. And then after that, we ended up at the dance club. But there's only... By the time we got to the dance club, there's only three people left. And you were one of them with a with a Yoshi egg. It was my it was my plan. Did you say you were at Disney? Um, well, those places were on Disney property. Yes. Like like downtown, like a downtown Disney thing. Uh, it's actually at the Disney Boardwalk, which is a hotel, but it has some nightlife attached to it. Oh, I see. OK. Yep. All right. Cool. Well, it looks like you had a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a great it was a great balance of, of work. Um work and, and fun. How many of these pictures did you send your wife who is having the busiest week of her life and watching both kids at the same time? I tried not to send her really oh, any too much. No. What did you send? You didn't send her the, the dance club video. I, not at 1am. I did not send her the 1am <laughs> dance club video. <laughs> I don't think I really sent her too much. Um, we did fly on a private jet, which was really cool. I sent her a couple of those photos. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that, that was that was fun. But, you yeah. should get a private jet for the work I, that you I have should. done. You, you should. should get a private jet. You shouldn't have to drive to work. You should have a plane mm. land in your driveway, which is big enough, and then take off. <laughs> Enough. Very nice. What about Very you? Nice. I, I don't have much going on this week, I don't think. But Cedric and Sebastian are both leaving on trips this week. Wow. Like like airline trips. What is Where they are they going? So today's the 16th. I don't get your kids. Like, no lie, every other podcast, your kids are gone. I they are on a lot of trips. They their school is called like Jefferson County Open School, and it is very much a hands-on school. So they do a lot of trips, camping trips usually. Mm-hmm. Usually they drive out somewhere west and then go camping in Colorado. Sebastian at three in the morning. My wife has to wake up and drive him to the airport, Tomorrow? which is about 40 minutes away. Yes. 
like mm-hmm. in eight hours, nine hours. Now, before you say anything, I offered to go with my wife because there's no way she's going to let me take him. Right. She she handles all the school <laughs> stuff. And I said, I let me just go with you. I said, the, the other two kids are sleeping. They're fine. They're going to be fine. They're old enough or whatever. But so she's going to take him to the airport and then come back. I mean, she's going to be super tired. So she's going to sleep tonight at eight o'clock. So I have like three hours of game time tonight. Ooh. And um, he's going to Washington, D.C. Wow. He has a ticket to the White House. He's what? going to the Capitol. Like they're doing all the school stuff. It's going to be Exams awesome. and all that fun stuff. Yeah. He comes back Friday night. So he's going to be gone all week. Fantastic. Fantastic. Cedric leaves on Tuesday. Wait, wasn't it his birthday today, too? Uh, no, that was like five or so days ago. Yeah, he wow. just turned 14. Days are a blur. No, Sebastian's. Yeah, Sebastian just turned 14 okay. uh, on the 11th. Yeah. Then Tuesday, Cedric takes a flight to Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. there's nothing yeah. good in Pittsburgh. <laughs> I know. I'm telling you, right? There's. I've been to a lot of places. There's nothing there. I know. It's, it's not more of like a sightseeing thing. It's more of a school thing. So okay. they, they've got some stuff they're going to do. And uh, I think one of the teachers that's heading it up, they they have like a family member that owns a cabin and, and whatever. Seems so fishy, he's, but he's doing, I know I feel I feel kind of weird because like, seems weird. One Not kid's going to D.C. and the other kid's going to Pittsburgh. But that's what happens. Kids. I don't know how much kids really care. You should have just went with them and like kind of stopped in the middle and came and visit me. I could. I could. I've had so many. We've had so many situations where we nearly met. I know. Joe. It's kind of nutty. We did a hug. So, oh, we're good. We're gonna do the hug thing. Yeah. Like those little baby, those two, yeah. like three-year-old gifts, just That's running exactly, at each other. It's exactly how it's gonna happen. You gonna grab my ass a little bit? I'll grab yours. Yeah. No. No. Okay. No. But we'll see. I, we'll yeah, see. I, I'll bring the manscape, like the, um, the wipes, <laughs> and I'll just wipe your foot down or something like that. Oh, like. a little spray. I like. <laughs> not really a foot guy, but go on, go ahead. Yeah, you know, whatever. I was saying when when you're with me, it might change. Um, but Cedric's going to be gone for a full seven days in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So what is that? That's basically like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. There will be only us wow. and the daughter. You and, and the so girl. We're going to go see the Mario movie again on yeah. I think Wednesday. Or I might Thursday. go again. Yeah, we're just going to go just to relax and. Do something. Yeah. It's not long. Get some popcorn. Last time we did it with a whole bunch of kids and it, it felt more about managing, you know, all these people. Mm. And we were just going to go and get some popcorn and relax and that's it and watch it again. So, and I'm hoping that I can see it one Bowser and one Mario on the screen because I still had a bit of that double vision going oh, on. Oh, that's a good point. It. Don't go yeah, so I game. still haven't, I haven't seen it in its full glory, honestly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm excited. Mm hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. Did you Did, see uh, the SNL Funky Con skit? I was gonna. I just saw that on the. My doc. wife was watching it last night. I was playing Wild Frost, and I like I <gasps> popped up. And was like, Whoa, uh, that was great. I have not seen all of SNL last night, um, but I've seen two sketches, and one of them was the SNL Funky Kong. That was awesome. I mean, so Keenan Keenan Thompson is, I think, I still think the best SNL cast member of all time, and like, I, I like him. I do not know. There has been a lot of Nintendo sketches on SNL, right? We've yeah, the one with been. Pedro Pascal and Mario Kart was great. Yep, um, another got... Ted Lasso reference too, by the way. Animal Crossing the other day. Oh, that yes, right there was yes. Yep, a lot of the Nintendo. Do you think that they need permission mm. for a reference? No, it's parody. That's yeah. just parody. I think there was there were a few SNL cast members. Do you remember the? 
Animal Crossing sketch they did. It was uh, with Melissa. I do remember this one. Mikey Day. Yeah, they had one. It was hilarious because like they were just like dogging all over Melissa in the Animal Crossing. It was fantastic. That one might have been helped along by Nintendo, honestly. Speaking but, of Keenan Thompson, so by you know what it was? We were watching it today during the day. Our kids were playing video games, so they weren't paying attention. But you know, so they 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 were catching on. They they noticed that we were watching it, even <laughs> though they shouldn't be watching. Right, Saturday Night Live. There's some certain things that you know they thought about masturbation. It, it is very up. much a blue Correct. sketch show nowadays. So yeah, they they th- my my daughter says like, oh, I liked that show that you and mommy were watching. So what was I doing? Oh my God. So we my we actually put on all that for them because it's essentially SNL, right? For what kids. is all that? Stop. Oh, all that. It's it's Tina Thompson, Kel, Amanda Bynes. It's like a bunch of it's like all it's Saturday Night Live for kids back in the 90s on Nickelodeon. Oh, OK. You're not a 90s show. No, I, did, I never watched that. Although I do know that Keenan and Kel did a bunch of stuff back then. So anyways, it, it, it's the same thing. It's the kids version of Saturday Night Live. I wasn't sure if they were going to like it because it was 90s jokes, but they loved it. They watched like four episodes tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I, I need to go. Where is that? Is that on uh, Paramount Plus? I want to say. Oh, okay. Yeah, Paramount Plus. Okay. They have all the Nickelodeon and stuff. I don't have that yet. Yeah, that would be great. Did you Did you see that there's going to be a Good Burger two that got announced? I saw a Good Burger one in the theater. I had like early access tickets. Like we went on like a Tuesday when it came out on a Friday type thing. One of those. You know, they used to do like the the pre showings all the time. Mm-hmm. You had like yeah. tickets where you knew somebody. I saw it for the first time, like not even a year ago. I swear to God. Stop. Not I, well, I just it just I think there was like a window of time. When did that come out? I, I think that was probably in the nineties. I think when it came out, I was I was away to college, and there's just a lot of stuff I missed. Same reason you don't know what, what all that is. Well, I I went to go exactly. So I went to go watch it about a year ago because I love Keenan, and I just wanted to see it. And I actually enjoyed it. It's actually a really good yeah. movie. I'm not sure if it's super kid friendly or not. I I, I don't know. I think it's it, in the middle. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of in the middle, um, but it was it's it's really good. And so I'm looking forward to the second one. And it's like I like this world where where Keenan has sort of propelled into stardom. He's got his own mm-hmm. shows and all that. And Kel is like kind of a footnote in history. You know, I, it's still good a to millionaire see probably, back. though. Could be. Could be. He did a great job in Good Burger, though. I mean, he was really the star of Good Burger. Oh, yeah. Oh, he absolutely is the main character. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that was great. All right. Uh, watch the SNL Funky Kong. Yes. <laughs> oh, really quick. Did you see the I, I actually saw it when I was in um, Disney Springs that day. And, and I, I forget Solo or somebody not Solo. Somebody posted it on um, the Discord mm-hmm. of the Bowser Lego playing the piano. Oh, yeah. I saw the picture, right? Yeah, I saw yeah. that when I was there, but I forgot to snap a snap a photo of it. That's pretty funny. Yeah, that was fun. That was another good one. Yeah, that's that's right. that's perfect. All right. Um, let's talk about one of our sponsors, Kanzuri. Fellas, have you ever wished you were a little bit taller? Maybe you <laughs> you put your, your cursor in front of the words. I couldn't read it. <laughs> Maybe you matched on Tinder, but her profile says must be over six feet. I'm not. Maybe your date wants to wear heels, but she can't because it will make her taller than you. Well, I got the Short Kings covered with today's sponsor, Kanzuri. Kanzuri makes shoes that make you up to 2.8 inches taller without anyone knowing. Look, girls get heels, makeup, and push-up bras. Why can't men get a boost in confidence, too? We're all the same height lying down anyway, if you know what I mean. I'm much taller. 
For a limited time only, our listeners get an extra 15% off your order with the code NINDADS at Kanzuri.com. The site is already 30% off, and with our code, you get an extra 15% off. 30 plus 15, that's 45% off of your entire order. Support our show and check them out at Kanzuri.com. That's C-O-N-Z, as in zoo, U-R-I.com, and use the code NINDADS. Thanks, John. <laughs> but let's let's talk about our other sponsor we have for a minute, Manscaped. Because, gentlemen, if you didn't know, it's tat season in the U.S. And you know what that means. Amy knows. It, uh, Amy knows. I know. We all know in the Diffuse Store household. It means that <laughs> Manscaped is here to make sure your paperwork is done and your boys downstairs are having fun. Make sure you spend your tax return money on the important things this year, like family, friends, and ball deodorant. Join the 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the codes NINDADS, N-I-N-D-A-D-S, NINDADS. Manscaped lately, John? Drew, I have a joke. Not a joke. I I finished my shampoo and conditioner, my Manscaped Ooh. shampoo and conditioner, and we've all talked about it. Like, yeah. I like it. I, lo- I love the bottle. I, I love the colors on it, whatever. So I'm like, oh, I finally ran out of shampoo and conditioner. I don't have much hair. It's all buzzed. So let me go get some more. I go under my counter and there's like four <laughs> bottles. And I, look, I grab the first one and it's like body wash. I put it down and I grab the second one. Body wash. Put it down. Third one. Body wash. Like, what the fuck? Last one. Body wash. I don't have any shampoo and conditioner, but I have four bottles of body wash. I feel like. I got sent the wrong thing by our sponsors. No, <laughs> I have I have all the body wash as well. The oh, shampoo, okay. the shampoo is only like one or two bottles at most. Okay, I'm gonna have to order some shampoo and conditioner. We gotta just reach out to Justin. We gotta tell Justin we need more shampoo. Um, and that's hey, simple as that. You get twenty percent off if you order shampoo and conditioner. I feel like and we should like shampoo. live up to that. How much is the bottle of shampoo? Do you know? I don't know. I have to check. I'll I'll check. But I I don't think I need body wash for the rest of my life i mean even if the shampoo's 10 or 12 bots i know it's a little bit more you get the free shipping i mean it lasts forever that's yeah the, it literally you can it did through, it lasts months yeah so it's crazy especially you, you only need like a half a squirt i i mean <laughs> that's what your mom got last night <laughs> ah! um, get it all, I see. let's take a look let's just do some live shopping here the two-in-one shampoo and conditioner, twelve ninety-nine. That is not bad. See, I can price things out. What did I say? Ten, twelve. And it says fifteen percent off. If I get a two-pack, I mean, I might as well get a two-pack, right? Well, plus twenty percent off, plus free shipping. Yeah. So let me do. Well, how much is the two-pack? Well, uh, give you a deal. Twenty-five uh, dollars. Oh, the one-pack is eleven ninety-nine. The two-pack is twenty-one. Okay. So wait. Oh, okay. When I clicked on it, okay. So $21.99 for a two-pack. You save 15% on the two-pack. Save 8%, $11.99 on a one-pack. Plus 20% off. Yeah, let's order it. So I'm going to do it right now. $21.99. I'm doing it right now. That's it. Uh, I'm going to do a quantity of one. A little confusing, but. Quantity one to get two. Yeah, to get two. And then they have a little add-on, two-in-one shampoo conditioner, save 8%. That's a little weird. I'm not going to lie. There's a little bit. I'm getting a little getting a little confused here um i save four dollars i'm gonna check out shipping is free where do you put the code where do you put the code where's the code do you okay here's a checkout discount code 
Nindad. So it was going to be twenty one ninety nine. I can't wait till it says you've already used this code or something. Seventeen fifty nine with free shipping. With free shipping. That's six months of shampoo for $17. Oh, that's more than six months. of. That, you can't that, beat that. That's way more than six months of shampoo. I mean, that's a great deal. Should I throw something else in? I don't think I really want to. I don't need to throw anything else See, in. See, when I did a haircut, I actually I actually washed my hair twice. So it's mm-hmm. like, do you, what, you do that too? What, when you, when you get it? Well, I haven't gotten for a haircut in a long time. Well, you shave it. Maybe I just do it Man myself. State, maybe there's a Manscaped product out there that you can shave your head with. Uh, I don't think we've ever advertised one. I tell you what I do need is I am getting well, low on my Dollar Shave Club razors that I had for the longest whoa, time. We're not talking about Dollar Shave Club. I, I, know, I, know, I, know, I think I know. Manscaped sells straight razors, John. Do they? I think they do. All right. I, I can't this, do it right now. Well, this, this is, let's move on. Well, now, time to cause some mayhem. Monthly mayhem. We've got a lot of updates. We have a lot Ooh. to get through. We'll do it quick. First of all, as Drew said, this is episode 162. We jumped 40 episodes. Listen, I've been asking for this for literally two years. And John keeps telling me why we can't and no. And John, tell the people why. Tell the people. Let's talk about how the sausage is made here. When you put out a podcast episode. So Drew and I do this show every two weeks. We do it like that because we never want this show to be something that's in the way, something that's just taking our time up. We do it every two weeks. So every time we do the show, we're always really excited to do the show because we we yeah. haven't we haven't talked in in so long. and. We do it every two weeks, but we do all these in-between shows, too. If you remember uh, about a year and a half or two years ago, I don't know, whatever we did. We did another episode number realignment where we jumped ahead because I counted. Remember, we did the Betwix. Yes, the Betwix. Right. So I I started counting those as episodes and we did another alignment. Well, here's the problem. We used to not give an episode number to all the specials that we do. And we do about one or two or zero specials in between every episode. And so we didn't number them. The problem that I have is I think the podcast apps really like when you number them and you call them full episodes on anchor. If Mm. you don't do that, they don't always end up in the podcasting app and it doesn't handle it right. And we don't like that. So all of our episodes are going to be numbered so that they are all full episodes, which means Even the special episodes we do are going to have a number. So we're going to be going through numbers much more quickly now. So we are now at episode 162 that reflects every single piece of content we have ever put on our podcast feed. So this is the 162nd thing. By the way, that's the number of baseball games in a season. Just want to point that out. That's way too many. That's way too fucking many games. So not every episode will be full episodes, um, but we'll do we'll do some we'll do some cool stuff and we do all our specials or whatever. We'll but they'll still all have signify a little bit that it's some type of special. It will still be yeah. 163, 164, but we'll say special or something that you'll know it's not all worth it. Our last two specials were a Fire Emblem Engage spoiler cast we did with Dylan. Mm-hmm. Gosh, it was like four days ago and the Mario movie 
uh, spoiler. I guess that was a spoiler cast too. So I love doing the specials because it's usually mm. like one focused topic. I'm so far behind my podcast. I didn't even get to listen to your Mario movie yet. You should listen to the Mario movie one. Fire Emblem Engage might be something you yeah. probably are not interested in. Probably not. But Dylan's got a great new microphone. So, Ooh. yeah. And we had a really good talk. I, it was that was an episode I really wanted to do. How was and, uh, how was my voicemail? I feel it was a little long, but uh, how's your what? The voicemail for the Mario movie. Oh, no, it's fine. I mean, I edited like 60 percent of it out, but no, I did <laughs> you made not me say weird things. <laughs> did not. No, I, I, I agreed with it. I mean, the Mario movie was great. Mm. And I, I, I don't want to get into it right now, but no, let's not. I'll just I, listen I, to it and then I'll listen yeah. to you get into it. OK, we have a sub stack. What's a sub stack, you say? Well, but to be I honest, I, I don't know. So this is the first time I'm going to find out. I have heard people mention sub stack, but I really didn't know what it was. Um, sub stack, sub stack is really just a place where think of it as if you're a journalist, you worked for a newspaper. And now the newspaper went under and you're a journalist and you want to put out stories. Where do you put them out? Do you make a website? That's ah, kind of annoying. Do you like what do you do and how do you handle getting people to pay for your content and that sort of thing so they can create a sub stack and advertise their sub stack and actually have paid subscriptions if you want. So it's kind of like replacing newspapers where you're like, you know, if you were like from New York, Mike Lupica is a very famous sports journalist. And maybe you don't want to read the New York Daily Time Daily News anymore, and you want to go to Mike Lupica's Substack. That's what it is. Wow, this is nice. It's like a little mini website. I know, right? It's it's pretty neat. This is so great. You can click the podcast. It brings you to Anchor. You got your YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, a little bit about us. Look at if that. You want to pay us money? I, I mean, yeah. Just this is me literally clicking it for the first time. I'm a terrible yep. host. So this is not a paid Substack. You can subscribe to our Substack. You can just you don't have to subscribe to it. You can just you can just bookmark it. Whatever you want to do. Ooh, can you add a Redbubble on here? Um, yeah, I can do that. I should do that. That's a that's a that's a good idea. Uh, the URL is dadsafterdarkshow.substack.com, and we'll post our videos on there. We'll post articles on there. I, I feel like it's been a long time since I did like written video game commentary. Yeah, and this is a, a, a it's a it's a nice outlet. I liked writing. So I, I, I did some I, writing for it. I did ask, like, mm. can you just post video, like a short video, or like you said, an article straight to it, or do you need to tie it back into another social media? I thought I could post our thirty second reviews up there, but I don't know how to upload the video. So I I could probably just do a little article and link to the YouTube or something. But for right now, I'm I'm just gonna post those videos up there. Also. Okay when i do youtube as well so i'm gonna log we'll in next time i have some time it's and, it's and, kind of a play thing around. but yeah the reason why we created the sub stack is social media just seems to be iffy twitter is up and down they're having a lot of technical problems and i think eventually i, th I i'm hoping apple makes a version of twitter i would jump on that in a second i think we're all kind of just waiting for a company to come along and make a twitter sub stack says they're making a twitter they announced it like a week ago they're doing like a Twitter type thing, but it's going to tie into Substack, so it probably won't be a Twitter. Hmm. But yeah, so this is think of this as the hub of our social media. We have links to all of our other social media on there. Um, we'll nice. refer to it, but we're going to do some written articles, and I'll I'll link them into the Discord and whatever. But it, you'll all end up at the the Substack. So, Drew, I can give I, you can do written stuff too if you want to. Just let me know. Hmm. But the template yeah. I made, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's so time. check out our Substack once again. That's dadsafterdarkshow.substack.com. My last article is on 
frame rate. We mm. also have a merch shop, which will soon be linked to from Substack. That is bit.ly bit.ly slash dads dash merch dash shop. So you can or find in our us show there. notes in our show notes as well. And we didn't talk about this, right? But mm. monthly mayhem, we have a winner from the Kirby Del- Kirby. God, I never remember the name of the game. Kirby's Del- Return to Dreamland Deluxe. Sure. Monthly mayhem from two weeks ago. And who are our winners, Drew? We had great. We have some great competition here, but uh, I should give props. Nintendo swept the board, won every mini game, if you want to call it that. Got all the fluffer points, did all the achievements, went beyond all the achievements, and uh, unlocked the bonus achievements. Didn't matter, though, not for this one. Um, I, heard, I heard Noah did all the work, by the way. Um, that's, I'm just, that's what I'm going to say. Noah, Noah did the high score. So hopefully, hopefully Nick gave his eShop card to Noah. I'm just mm. And then uh, Darth Platypus. Um, he actually finished in second, but uh, he had the most balls and uh, he won the the random drawing of $10. So yep. can't beat it. Congrats. We'd have to start uh, planning our next one here, John. Shortly, there's a lot of games coming out. Yeah, I think we, we just didn't have the time this time. I would say next episode, we'll, we can announce a new... Yeah, we get a little mayhem. bonus episode out there if we need. We to. should do something crazy. I don't like. Yeah, I don't know. Just like, just something nuts. I don't. What else to talk sure. about? You know what we need? We need the stand we need nice outside to be a we guest on our show. I'll reach out. Just tell me the magic word. But we need something. You know, what we haven't done in a while a non-video game mayhem. The weather's getting nice. We need to do something. We gotta get creative. Get a picture of yourself in a bikini on a beach. That's pretty easy for me, actually. You got to go full bore at. It's time to talk about what we've been playing. What have we been playing? We have been playing Wild Frost, a game that yeah. we have been anticipating for, I think, about a year. A year. Chucklefish. Ooh. We love Chucklefish. Who doesn't love, the love Chuckle? Chuckle? Great name. Great games. Great art styles. Great little indie company. Yep. And uh, Wild Frost is yeah, it, it, it's, it's Slay the Spire with cuter graphics. Let's be honest. I, I disagree. I disagree. I, I think it's more a card style game in the form of inscription than it is with Slay the Spire. Right. So hear me out. <sighs> Slay the Spire, you're playing single cards to do damage towards an enemy. Mm-hmm. Right. That card is then consumed. There's there's no cards that like stay on the board. You You have your deck. You, you choose smartly and you play your cards, right? In this game, Wild Frost, like Inscription, you're setting up your cards on a physical board, right? And, and mm-hmm. you've you got to put them in the right spot because the card, almost like Pokemon or Magic the Gathering or whatever, that card is now going to battle the card across from it. I, I think it's very different and slay the spire from the, from the I, mechanics of the battle system. Yeah, I see what you mean cuz I I think like you're saying slay the spire you play cards but none of them go on the board. The, there's no board. Right. Inscription all of your cards go on the board. But in this game some of your cards go on the board and some of them are just played. Some right? of them so, yes, they're they're the they get them in the treasure shops, they're called the power cards or whatever they're called. Yeah. Correct, yeah, right? They're going to give you some boosts exactly. or buffs. Um, so overall, John, I think start off with this game. 
the art style is great, right? I, I love the art style. I actually love the little story. I don't know if in the beginning you find a couple Wild Frost cards, right? And they like kind of the journal, to, like the journal, the journal cards. Yeah. They're they're these cute little cards. It tells a little story about the characters, maybe a different civilization, and how and what the Wild Frost is. Essentially, the Wild Frost is the sun froze. Mm-hmm. Froze. Who knew? And uh, so cute little story. Now I, let's start off in this town. This town is so confusing, right? You have like a like a back in the overworld home. Um, we have a town. You have different little buildings and huts in the town that unlock stuff. From what I understand so far in this game, each one of these little huts represents some type of category in the game, and all it is is like achievements or missions. Mm. Like, like use this type of card eight times. Do one hundred damage total. You know, go spend this much money in the shop. And when you do these things, it just unlocks additional cards that you can then later find in your journey of a run. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. That that I think that's all correct if I'm wrong. That's pretty much sums up the entire town central hub area. Is that is that what you get out of this? Yeah, it has it has a um Oh, what's the what is the name of that one game that I really liked? Uh, I'm looking at my phone. Where are you? Grindstone. Grind- it has oh, like yeah. a grindstone that 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 overall yeah. because you're playing the games and then you come back to this hub and it's all about upgrading all the various areas of it. And so playing the games has that feel. That's the one thing like Slay the Spire doesn't have is Correct. playing the games give you that external thing. I will say I, I much more enjoy the upgrading and grindstone. There, there's I'm, I'm no trying to find the diving here. board. It's not like you bring back your coins or anything. Then you yeah. don't choose. It's literally just missions and achievements. That's it. But they unlock cards that could but then if you appear. Remember, we're going to compare this to all different types of games, right? But Slay the Spire was based on how many experience points you got in that run. Yes. And then, you know, then you would unlock cards the same concept but based on it which i like better the further you went the more experience you got the more cards you unlock right this one it's like i could do five runs and maybe not unlock one card if i didn't focus on one of those achievements sure i mean even in slay the spire after a while you don't unlock anything no correct you're you're right. done you've maxed yeah. out um anyways that's the unlocking part let's talk a little bit about now i want the actual cards themselves because I actually really enjoy the cards. I enjoy that you select a hero um, to start with, right? Usually get the pit between three or four different heroes. And it kind of sets you up on which way you're going to, you know, start your deck, right? And then mm-hmm. it, also, it also comes with what tribe, I think they call it, um, yeah. which tribe you're going to have. So your sub, your sub cars. And it's, I, I like that. I, and, I, and I like the concept of all of those. And I think there's some good diversity within there. I think they're fair. Um, would you agree with all that? I would. The tribe is a lot like, you know, which which class you choose and slay the spire. Yep, exactly. Um, so if you 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 pick a if you pick a different tribe, you're going to get a whole different set of kind of card. Yep. So I would say, you know, when you're playing early on, try to stick to like one or two tribes. You really get a feel for those characters and then try to use a different tribe maybe later. Because I I did the dwarf tribe for the first time That's last like the brown. night. They're my favorite. I know, but it was like the cards were so different and I didn't know what they were. And I was like, uh, I'd rather just stick to getting the same kind of ones that I'm familiar with. But yeah, it, it gives these kinds of games lots of replayability because you're getting completely different kinds of cards. So mm. 
I like that. I don't I like do the too. leaders though. I feel like some of the leaders are just bad. Um, yeah. Remember when you remember when you play uh, what was the game Road, Road Legacy. Legacy? Sometimes you get like a set of like three leader three characters well you choose and start over and just like all three of them over. are bad. Yeah, exactly. Like there are some good leaders, but sometimes I just feel I feel like my leader needs to have a lot of HP yeah. because if they die, it's like your king dying in chess. If they die, your your run is done. Correct. And there's yeah. some leaders that have like four health, and it's like I do not feel comfortable with that at all. <laughs> Which means you really need some good subheroes or other cards to put in the front, right? So, yeah. so, so let's talk about the Dean Mechanic. So the Dean Mechanic is right, you have a row of three and a row of three. That's it. Six cards on the table at a time, and then you have six cards on the table to the right with your opponents. So whatever is in your front is what's going to be attacked, right? That that They're taking the blunt of the damage. In general. In general. Yeah, because they have those aimless ones where they just hit whatever. But I think the problem is that I'm really having with this game. It's just I feel like I'm so underpowered. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe I'm missing something. I've played about five hours. I think you played close to that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I always kind of beat the first boss. The second boss, I I usually make it to almost every time. I actually just beat the second boss the first time tonight. I feel like dumb luck. But I just feel like like you do, your, your, your hero will be like 8 health and it does 3 damage. And then you fight a boss that has 80 health. I'm yeah. like, what? How am I ever going to beat him? I know. When you beat the second boss, did it continue? It Oh, yeah. Just wow. went on, just like the, when you beat the first one. It's kind of insane. I... I honestly am not loving it and I know I'm not loving it because I'm not playing it right now. I haven't played it yet today. I keep saying I'm going to, and then I don't, I'm not loving it because like you said, you feel very underpowered when you play a game of slay the spire, you, you know, you progress up the spire. And by the time you get to the spire, you've, you've done about 12 encounters. You've done battles, you've done shops, You've done question marks. There's all the things you can do. So you really dictate your pathway and your deck. So by the time you get to the first boss, you should already have an idea of what kind of deck you're going to have. Are you going to have a poison deck? Yep. Are you going to have a strength deck? That's what you're looking for. And the fun of these deck building games is early on, if usually the first few rounds of battle, you're trying to figure out what am I going to go for here? Because you don't know what's going to happen. And sometimes you stumble into a really good synergistic deck and sometimes you just have crap and you know you're going to die. This game is, this, is the same thing, except you're going to get to the top of the spire on the third battle. And in between that, you're going to start. The first one is always a battle. And then there's a second battle. And then the third is the first boss. And in between is like treasure, which is like you get a yeah. card, which is kind of a weird. It's not a character. A boost card of some sort. Yeah, it's like, it's kind of like a bonus special kind of uh, card. I don't know how to explain it. Then there's the charms. Which is which... key. Which is like a relic in Slay the Spy, right? Right. Charms are, are key. It could add three health. It could add one bonus damage. It could, it could do exactly. a lot of different things, which are key. I agree. That's, I always that's, the one, that's the one that made me feel like Inscription the most. Mm. You take an existing card and you sort of amend it. And there's... some charms are cool. Like there's one charm that gives you six more health. There's charms that give you a couple more attack or something like that. They add fury, which means you attack twice. Yeah. Some now, of them are good. Some of them are bad. 
whatever. But you're going to get maybe two, I would say, what, two or three charms, maybe probably like two charms before you get to the boss. You're going to get maybe two treasures. Maybe you'll have your chance at one shop. And when you, I think when you go to the shop, you have you have to buy the crown. I think the crown, the crown is the I most important. I didn't realize how important the crown was until yeah. halfway through. It took me a while, too. Two or three hours in. Right. So yeah. when you start a run, you can put your leader card down and then you start your hands. If you have the crown on another card, you can then put down that card at the beginning. So it lets you put down two character cards at the beginning before you even have to take a turn. So it's Correct. huge. It's going to save you a literal turn and it'll get the, the, the card counters just, going. Yeah, just the heroes on the board. So they're, they're yeah. counter, right? So I just wouldn't really explain that every card I, yeah. that you put on the board has a clock countdown, right? Some of them as little as three turns up to like six or eight turns, which means every time the turn goes, that counter goes down. And at the end of that turn, and when it goes to zero is when it attacks or does whatever it tells it. Yeah. And it's a little confusing because if you haven't played this game and you're listening to us, you're like, what? Yeah, you're on every turn. You play one card, which could be an attack, but then the counters go down one on your cards. So your cards will attack every like three or four or five mm. turns themselves. And you're attacking with usually smaller attacks in your hand. So it's kind of like two different ways to attack. Mm -hmm. That's where I, I'm just not. Yeah. What's, what do you focus on? I know. Like, I'm just not like when you play slay the spire, you have at least like three turns. You can do, you can play one card, 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 and like nothing on the screen actually happens besides Correct. that. And yep. this one, and like, you're trying to get more turns and blah, 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 blah. I, I this one, other just, yeah. I don't know the strategy. I think my other problem is, is you have six different cards for the opponent that you're going against. Mm -hmm. And they have all of their, in, they have counters for each card. And I have six people with counters on my own cards. I have to manage and keep an eye on 12 cards, right? And then I mean, not, you're in, there's usually well, never 12 cards at one time. There could be. Once you get later in the game, there is. And, and then and then my point is, though, each of the six opponent cards have different kinds of buffs. They got the little green mushrooms things. Mm -hmm. They got the double damage. They got the chili peppers. They got <laughs> It's hard. They got like, and I'm like, oh, my God, what's happening? And then with the turns ready, I'm like, I think I set up defense. I think I'm good. And then all of a sudden, some enemy in the back of the screen jumps <laughs> your, like, and, and, and attach just your hero. Yeah. And you're like, I thought I was going to survive. I was setting my turn up, turn up for like next turn. And then bam, dead, game over. They, and there's cards that are like, if anybody gets snowballed, I gain one attack power. Oh, so you're like, I'm going to use a snowball. And you're like, oh, no, it's going to make this guy more powerful. There really is. A I think you have to play on. this game a little slower than other card games. There's a lot going on. And it like in Slay the Spire, you know, you and I are probably really good at like understanding oh, how much health I will have when this turn ends. Yep. In this game, fuck, no you, idea. you really don't know when when there's like three guys about to attack and there's people that can hit a random card. There's so much luck involved there where mm. you're like, my, I could die on this turn or he could hit somebody else. I really don't know. I think that's the problem right there that you mentioned is mm. that like you could think you know what you're doing, but there's certain skills that make it luck and unpredictable yeah they're like it's frustrating because you have a strategy and then one of those cards fucked up the whole strategy yep yeah you know i wonder if it would like if you played a turn and it showed you how much damage each card would take if that would make it better i i could see them potentially patching in where they let you know 
on this turn, this much damage is about to happen to you. So at least you can say, look, I don't have to look at all of this person's cards and read between them and understand the damage every yeah. turn. It, just, it gets so Maybe. complicated when I have my die, right? And like I said, you have a little heart on the left that says you're 10 health and a little mm -hmm. sword that says you do three damage. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, there's three bubbles below it. There's, like I said, there's a chili pepper. Then there's like the t the, the bear claw teeth or whatever the fuck that means. I still don't know. And then there's like the little dark teardrop that means double damage. And right. it's like, Thorns. I have 10 health, but really, if someone attacks me with two damage, they're doing eight damage. I know. And it's, it's hard to cipher that with all that's going on on the screen. Yeah, yeah. So I think you have to slow just, this one there's, down. There's so much going on. It's like, I really, really want to like this game. And I, and I, and I do like it. And I'm going to keep playing it. It's just, it's, it's going to be luck. If I beat it, it's going to be luck. Yeah. I, I'll say, I don't like it right now. I don't. I'm not done with it yet. But I could end up being, I don't, I don't like it. And the runs are very quick because yeah. you get through the furthest I have gotten is to the second boss. I got to the second boss. I thought I was going to beat him and, and I didn't. That is six battles in six battles. And yeah. that's like kind of as far as I've gotten. So my runs have been very quick. I have like sort of decided at this point, I'm just not going to win this game. So let me just try to unlock as many things as possible. Maybe once you unlock the third pet or yeah, the something. fourth card in the shop, something will be worth it. I don't know if that's true, but like to me, I'm just trying to like do all of the achievement things and unlock things to see if something helps. Nothing has helped. And the gameplay, like I said, the gameplay can be very math intensive while you're playing and sometimes you just have to play and just hope for the best because you don't want to sit there and you, you don't want it to be a chess match where you're sitting no. there for five minutes on your move like i don't you don't want that to be the case but there are so many times in this game where the enemy has four or five or six cards and you've got like a couple of guys and every four turns they'll hit for like three damage on one guy mm -hmm. and your cards are like attack for two <laughs> attack for one increase your attack by one which means every four turns instead of hitting them for two you'll hit them for three with one card <laughs> and that's like a whole turn a whole turn should not be i increased one card by an attack of i'd one. rather just attack two damage to the guy i know like what? give me some what would be really cool is if when you played those attack plus one cards that they were permanent for your entire run that's then, what i thought they were at first or when you upgrade your health by one yeah they they're just temporary battle to battle they don't there's such there's such tiny little buffs just make them permanent why are they why are they temporary i, I don't understand because, that because when you move on from you know level one to level two to level three mm -hmm. like you start a fighting dice with you know four health like, yeah when I went to the first battle in level three, the standard guy had like 25 health, John. Right. So like, I still have eight and we're <laughs> doing know. two damage. I'm not going to beat. I don't understand how you beat them. I mean, you have to get better cards or whatever. I just don't feel like I'm getting these great cards there. Some of the character cards can be good. There's like that, that big berry guy. And they oh, have yeah. like, they'll have like 10 heart and which feels like a lot, but you know, very soon it's, it's, it's every kind five of not. turns you attach. It's like, yeah, the, like it's so many turns before they do something. It's just not fun. Whereas in slay the spire, every turn I can, you know, I can attack for that. When you get a good card in slay the spire, 
it's like play play mm-hmm. play i just don't feel like i'm putting together a great deck and by the time you get to the first boss you've only been able to like add how many how many cards can you you're probably only adding what like three cards to your deck by the time you get to the first yeah. boss and it doesn't feel like i'm deck building no it just my, doesn't my, my other problem is when you beat the boss right you get the screen that pops up like yeah i get like a permanent upgrade which it's not it's for the oh, run yeah but it's like they're the worst three options it's like do you want to have the ability to add a hero because you only can hold three heroes at a time that's the other problem oh, really oh i didn't oh yeah oh, what do you mean you can like only hold three heroes you know, like when you go to like the add companion card and you mm-hmm. break the ice and yeah. you, you get to pick one, you only can have three companions in your deck. Really? Yeah. If you get a fourth one, it, it says which companion do you want to oh add to God. your reserve. That's exactly, now, just, that's exactly what I mean, though. I didn't, I haven't even gotten to that yet. So I've never gotten four cards so, in this game. So, so think about that. So when you beat a boss, you were like, I need a big, big buff. One of the buffs is you can add a hero. Like, mm-hmm. the, like. Like you can have four heroes instead of three. Right. It just means you could have four cards, not anything else. Right. Or the other ones like you can reduce the bell counter by one useless, or you could add an extra card in your hand. I don't need any more cards in my hand. I have like eight to begin with. Well, it gives you more options to choose from. I, the, I've, I think I beat the boss three times now. And you get I that. Think, what do you pick? I think twice I picked reduce the bell count. Cause I feel like, so the bell count goes down every time you play a card and then, you know, you don't have to go through all your cards, but, but at some point you can refresh your Reshuffle, cards without yeah. using a turn, which is huge. You don't want to shuffle your cards when that means your turn is over. I would never that's do just that. Fatal. Exactly. So I feel like it's nice to have that. If I don't have a good set of cards and I refresh and then I get a card that can save me, I have used that one, but I agree with you. It's the same three choices. And it's just boring here. Here's my other problem, too, is if your hero or one of your companions dies or gets damaged, that carries over to the next fucking battle. Yeah, they're injured. They're injured. And now they have half health and half damage. I know it. Yeah, <laughs> everything is stacked up against you. And it's There's not no fun. There's no like, like you never feel powerful. Never. It's always a struggle. Yep. You're always lingering on by like your like yeah and then the enemy sends out like an 18 heart guy uh who who every time you attack anybody on the screen they gain two hearts it's just unfair like you're just like i don't want to attack anybody because it's going to make everything worse for me so i'm just going to sit here i don't know what the strategy is my my best run was the i don't know what they call it i'm just going to use the slay term the thorns right when i get hit i inflict three damage back at you um, so oh, my, yes, it's like the so counterattack. I, I think I had a leader that had thorn and then there is a card you can get where if it's on the play surface, every other character card on the play surface, just yours gets three thorns, which is great. Every time the enemy hits you, you hit them back for three. And it's a great way. Yeah. Like even if you're outgunned, just if a four heart guy attacks you, they're down to one heart. It's. I feel like Thorn is the only thing that can save you. So I always look for Thorn, but I don't always get it. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I, I this I'm is... going to keep playing. I will beat this game, but I'm, I'm, I'm mad because it's, it's fun, but it's frustrating as hell. It, tell me this. 
does it not get in that? We, we've talked about this before. Does it not get in that scenario where it's a game that's trying to copy another game, but it doesn't do it well? So it just makes you want to play Slay the Spire. Like, I just want to play the Slay the Spire now. Like, why am I playing this one when Slay the Spire is 100 times better and I have so much I can do in that game? There's a character I still haven't used yet. Why am I playing this? Because it's I paid different. $20 it's for it. That's shiny. why. It's shiny. It's different. It's, it's I know. colorful. It's fun. I, I don't know. I don't know why. I, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm just so frustrated. You know how I play games? Like, I just end this mode and I just, it, I, I don't think I have an option to twit. I know. I don't um, know. Last thing I will say about it is the UI needs some fixes. You know what's so annoying it gets me every time when you get a charm and then you go to the screen and you go to click the card you want to put the charm on? Oh, it's not but there. You, you have to click, you have to go and click the charm first and then yep. put it on the card. Why, why would I not want to apply a charm? I mean, I can think of reasons why I wouldn't want to apply a charm right away. Maybe I want to wait you. for a better card. But like, I just feel like by default, I should just pick a card and put the charm on. So what it'll do is it'll show the card. And then when you press the button again, it lets you rename the card. It's like, I never, <laughs> ever want to rename the card. Renaming cards should not even be in this game. Don't Get admit that an option. It. It's so stupid. What am I going to rename? I'm not going to name a card Drew. It's gone after my run. Like, I don't know. At least an inscription, they come back and it's like, yeah. oh, there's like a, a story. I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know. All right. Let's talk about what else we've played. Sure. I got the greatest update in the world, Drew. Oh, God. I finished Nintendo Switch Sports. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew that game was finishable? I called it. What was it? Five weeks ago or so. Nintendo Switch Sports got an update and they said you will be able to go get old items that you missed before. And I said to you guys, I said, I think this game will have one year of content. And then after that, you can earn items that you missed. And that's exactly what happened. This was the 52nd week of the game. I finished the card and I got the dialogue. I posted it on my Twitter that said, you have 100% of the items. Congratulations. And at this point in the game, you, you know, they would probably continue on and have older have cards with older items on it. But I already got them all. So I am 100 percent done with Switch Sports. Never playing again. I still could. Part of me wants to try no. to A rank all the sports. I've Why? I've A ranked two. There are set seven, six, seven sports. Seven? Yes. Part of me is like. I feel free. I don't have to earn points anymore. And that's the only time I really played. But now that I'm done with it, maybe I just sit there and focus on tennis. And I, instead of just playing to lose to get points quickly, I play to win. I get to a rank and then I move on to the next sport. So I can totally see doing it. Golf might be hard. Badminton is so boring. Um, I can see coming back. I can see coming back. I can, <laughs> I can't talk. I can see coming back to this game and making it a goal to A-rank them all. But for now, I'm taking a break. I hope when you make that decision, the servers are down. <laughs> they might be. because That's my hope. And I hope that because of, for, for you, not because I, I don't want you to. <sighs> I, that's out of respect. I know. I'm going to do a video and showcase all of the items in the game. Because I feel like I'm one of five people on the planet that can do that. That's possible. So that's my update there. And then real quick, I will say that I did finish my war groove campaign. I got three stars and everything. You have to get a hundred stars in the game to unlock the uh, epilogue level, which I mm -hmm. had done before, but I had never beaten the epilogue level. How many total stars are there? 
It's like 200 and something oh, then stars. I, I definitely did 100. I, I was doing a lot of the three. I know I didn't do all of the three mm-hmm. stars, but I did a lot. I think if you three star every level in the campaign, you'll end up with like 96. I think you end up, yeah, you end up with 96 stars. So you are forced to play either the puzzles or the double trouble or or the arcade mode. And I did that, unlocked Epilogue. Epilogue is, uh, to three-star it, you have to do it in less than like 48 moves. And it is like a huge God. level, and I wasn't interested in it. But I did come back, I three-starred the final battle, and then I three-starred the Epilogue. And I feel great. I completed the entire campaign. That's good. But I will say this. I never tried the arcade mode before. I, I tried I it. It is one of the most boring things I've ever seen. You you unlock characters throughout the game. So I decided, let me play with Mercia. And I did the easy. Every every character has three difficulty levels. Oh, I easy. did these. I did these. Okay, so it's easy, medium, and hard. Yeah, I remember And this you now. have to do five battles in a row. Not one, five. And so I did the five battles in a row on easy mode for Mercia. I did it. It was boring as hell. And I did it and I got one star. It's it's really dumb. I did learn that if you do it on hard mode, you will get the stars for easy and medium and hard. So if you're going to play the arcade mode, just do it on hard and go for the five stars. Mm-hmm. At least it feels a little bit worth it. I I'm just not interested in it. I don't know. I might go back. I might not. I do want to go back and do the double trouble and try to three star everything. But I was a little disappointed with the arcade mode. Uh, that was I mean, why it's five battles. Game, why not three battles? Like you know what I mean? Like uh, why five? And all of them are the same strategy. It's like why five? It's so silly. It should be one. Just just do one battle. I don't know. Just feels like artificially lengthened. So Love those are my groups. two. Those are two of my updates. But uh, what else mm. are you playing? So I started Metroid Prime a couple weeks ago. Great smooth controls, uh, sounds, really good sound quality. Uh, now, again, this is someone that never really played any Metroid games, right? Uh, but, you know, I, I'm a fan of, like, first-person type shooters. Uh, so I said, let's let's um, let's um give it a go. Um, it, I have some problems, John, with this game. Really? Yeah, and I, I get it's a GameCube game. It just feels so empty, <laughs> like empty, like, yeah, like there's, it's just exploring, which I love exploring in games, but as a first person shooter, I don't want to just explore. I want to, I want to, want to kill things. I want to shoot like, and that whole first level when you're on the, um, what do you call it? The space, um, you know, not not you're not on a ship. You I never played the, it. <laughs> you get off the ship, you land on like a space station. You're on a space station. That's like the whole first level. It's just like I think I killed like three three guys, three aliens. Like th- right. there's and, and it was like an hour long. Like I'm just I'm going around, I'm exploring, I'm backtracking, I'm I'm you know I'm I'm hitting some A's and B's to interact with some things and and do some stuff. But like <laughs> some A's and B's. And also, why the, hit- why the fuck would you use the same button that you use to shoot to open a door? Someone please tell me if I'm doing it wrong. The only way to open the door is to shoot my gun. I, I don't understand that. I mean, that's how the original Metroid was. You open a but door why? by shooting it. It's stupid. I wanted to hit like A or something and open it. I don't want to shoot. That's what you do in Metroid. You shoot the door. 
Let's be honest, back in the day, there's two buttons, John. We have like 30 buttons on controllers now. It's tradition, man. Well, it's bullshit. It's, I don't know. Call me crazy. I, I haven't gone back. I, I need to go back. I made it to the the first planet or the second level, whatever the hell you call it. Same problem. Beautiful little planet. I'm walking around. There's fucking nothing to there. I find one arrow with like two little bugs. I kill them and that was it. Like, I, ah, it's not Thank really a first person shooter. Maybe, I, maybe it's me. It's not. No, as I was going to say, it is not a first person shooter, though. That's the thing is we're, we're kind of. We're trained to think of a game where you see the weapon as a first-person shooter, but this is more of an exploratory game with shooting elements. But, but there's nothing to really explore. It's not a fun exploration game, and I feel like it should be. Yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be hidey holes and lots of secrets to find, like just every Metroid game. I mean, like if you think about the original Metroid, well, I you go Metroid. through. That's my problem. If, if you don't explore, right, you go down a tunnel. Yeah. And you go out a door, and you go up or down, and you go in a tunnel, and you can be like, "There's nothing here," but. There's so many hidey holes and hidden missiles and all that sort of thing, but I, I haven't played yeah. the game, so I don't know. I and, and maybe maybe that's my problem, right? I, I was never really a fan of the old Metroids, and I saw this 3D first-person type shooter game, and I was like, you know what? I I like the idea of Metroid with like the you know space concept and and um, Samus and her tools and that she has. Like I, I like that idea. It's like I, I'm gonna give it. I think it just fell short. I think too high of an expectation. I think I had for the game. Maybe, I will go but back maybe and I'm going to play it. Yeah. But I, I will, you know, more shiny things came out. But yeah, just felt very empty. Best way to describe it. Yeah, um, it can still click with you. There's still. I'll time. just wrap up my other two really quick. Um, DK Tropical Freeze, nothing new, but new to me. Never played it. The wife and I have been playing this game. Just um, we play it with each other. Just sometimes the kids watch. What a great game, John. <laughs> Sorry, I can't. I'm a <laughs> baby. I know. I'm a child. What a fun game. What yeah. a great game. Like, but breaking news, TK, DK Tropical Freeze is awesome. <laughs> Not I, sure why I, you've I, missed this for so long. I, I, I don't know, but just like the unique levels are well, you know, paced out between each other, like the barrel levels or the, the minecart levels, uh, you know, some vertical levels, underwater levels. It's it's all fun. Mm-hmm. Um it's You're trying to go for all the Kong letters and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I think we're, we're doing it like sporadically. Sometimes we'll replay a level if we knew exactly where it was. If we didn't find one, we won't replay it, but we're going to go back and probably yeah. try it 100% at the end. Right. Um, yeah, we're probably like world five or six. We're, we're pretty far along. You're probably pretty close to the end, I think. I think so. Um, a lot of fun. Great and then game. Lastly, Can't wait for a new one. I came home from the Mario movie. I said it in my little voice message about all the punch out references, and I said, Man, I miss Punch Out. As you know, I love Punch Out. So I booted up. My Wii U is still hooked up in my living room because of damn Disney Infinity, even though my kid doesn't play it anymore. So I said, Well, whoa, shocker, shocker, shocker. <laughs> doesn't play it for about a week. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I busted out the original, well, not the original, the Punch Out Wii version. Mm-hmm. Is that, is it the best version? I mean, the, the, the original is always just going to be yep. a classic, but it is a really good game. It's a really good game. So, played through the entire game. I beat it. When you do that and you unlock the contender mode, maybe, which is now the same mode, which is, this was genius, by the way. You play all the same exact con- contenders, but they're they're more challenging. You're like, well, that doesn't sound that cool. But it, it they add different things to the character. So, for example, Glass Joe, has like a bots in what do you call it? Those bots in helmets 
like those hard foam ones. I mean, what do you call it? I don't know what they call them, but I know what you mean. Like you see like the amateurs wear it in the Olympics and all that. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't punch him in, in the head. You know, it doesn't do any damage. Oh, my so God. You're, cool. you're making me want to play this game now. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's so good. It's so good. King Hippo has like, like a, a sewer cap on his belly. So you can't punch him in the belly. You have to knock it off before you can do it. Yeah. It's like all these cool little twists, like genius, but just made the whole battle like a whole different take on it. Uh, I played through that mode and I made it all the way up to Mr. Sandman, the very last guy. I can't beat him, John. I physically, I've watched like YouTube, like videos, on, like strategies. It's just, I can't do it. I, I mean, I didn't have a is lot of time. Too, I was, is he too twitchy? Is like, is that the thing? What's the quick. problem? Yeah. I, I think you, once you get into like rounds two and three, his patterns, I think are, are random. So it's all how quick it, it's just, it's not really muscle memory. It's just reaction time mm-hmm. and struggling. I mean, I had to leave for vacation or for my work trip. So I didn't get to, Probably put as much time, but I probably spent a good two hours on him. I just mm-hmm. couldn't take him down. Um, and then once you unlock him, um, they have a random contender mode where they just throw random people at you. Mm-hmm. That is where you get to fight Donkey Kong. And I want to do that. I don't think I've ever have. I, I have never done it either. I can't I, beat I, Sandman. I'm so I'm literally if I beat Sandman, I can play Donkey Kong. I just I can't do it. And then the other thing it has is there's achievements yep. where Every every contender has three achievements, right? So it might say beat Glass Joe by letting him knock you down twice, or right. beat Glass Joe by not punching him in the head. The, every every person has three different things you have to do to unlock the star. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such a good game. They took Punch Out to the next level. They really thought of a lot of stuff to make the repeatability there. Yep, and uh, that's Punch Out for the Wii, and uh, it's awesome. It is one of the low key best Nintendo games of all time that you don't hear get talked about. I don't know. It's so good and it has that replayability. And then, like I said, once you finished all of it, you can go and try to do all get all the achievements for each individual Mm. fight. And I, like you said, I've never played Donkey Kong either. So I think you're tempting me to throw it in. Does it require the sensor bar? You you do because you have to switch it over to the Wii version and then you got to go. Yeah, you do. So it does have the sensor bar. Crap. You don't have to. Once you're in the game, all you do have to use it because every time you die, you you have to just like move it to click rematch. Ugh. I I hate that. I don't have a sensor bar set up. Maybe I just will. I I hate that. You just use the Wii remote sideways. Ah, I would love to see them just remake this game. Just just do classic controls because, I mean, you could just do classic controls. I know. Just port this thing. Well, this is the game, if you remember, it came out with. You could use the Wii remote and nunchuck while standing on the balance board. Like, imagine That's trying to right. fight somebody with that. Yeah, no chance. No, no chance. It's too much. Too much. All right, this is what they should do. They should re-release the original Punch Out, Super Punch Out, and the Wii Punch Out in one package. Oh. Classic controls. Boom. Just hundred dollars and throw in like a green oh. bots and glove. Yeah, special edition. Oh man. Yeah, that'd be pretty neat. All right, All right, cool. That's it for me. Um, I have two other things I've been playing. I'm doing it. I'm on the Revenge Tour. I have a list of games on my Revenge Tour. Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. I am back in. I talked about this in the last show. I've been, I started back from the beginning again because obviously I wasn't very good at it before. So I was hoping something in the tutorialization would click for me. 
I think there's a couple things that I'm doing better now. And on the last show, I said my goal before we did this would be to get to where I had gotten previously or further. And I'm happy to say, I think I'm there. There is at least one boss fight, the one that made me quit, which I can't find right now. I'm not sure where it is because there's like it's kind of like multiple worlds and you, you go from one world to the other world and you see where you can go. I can't find this boss, but I have fought several bosses I'd never fought before and beaten them. So I feel like I'm doing really well. Uh, I've, I've gotten to more worlds. I think I have more power. I think I've done more upgrades than I did before. And I'm I think guarding is what's helping me because you can deflect, which is like like a parry. But then just guarding is useful. And I don't think I ever really tried to guard before. I was always trying to do parry, parry, parry or whatever. So I'm feeling really good. I'm going to be working on it some more this week. If I can beat this game, I can already tell you this is going to be the hardest game that I ever beat. Wow. I, but this game has haunted up. me. This game has haunted me since You've been it playing this my game ass. for a while, haven't you? Well, I mean, I played it like a year ago. Yeah. And it it just I quit. And and now I'm replaying it. So we'll see. Maybe I'm hoping by the next episode I can have it beat. If if I can beat it, it'll be by the next episode. So I, I've been enjoying that. I've been having fun uh, with that. And then I'm back into Breath of the Wild, Drew. I didn't see this, this coming. Uh, we watched the trailer and we'll talk about that later. But I was like, you know what? I want to get back into Breath of the Wild and get a feel for the game before the new one comes out. I thought about restarting. But about a year, I think it was about a year and a half ago, I did a started a second playthrough because I hadn't played the game since 2017. And I loved my playthrough of it. And what happened was once I got the fourth Divine Beast, I was like, OK, I don't want to go fight Ganon because it does, there's no point in beating Ganon if you're going to do other things. So I said, OK, I'm not, not going to go fight Ganon. I am just going to do some shrines or whatever. And then something came around and I just fell off of it. So a few days ago, I put it back in. And I was like, let's just continue from where I was. And I mean, I didn't know how to shoot my bow. I didn't know how to use a shield. I'm still not sure I remember all the battle mechanics, but I think I'm still way better off than restarting the game. Restarting the game is great. This game has a, such a great opening experience. Nah, now I'm good. So I am playing this. I have about 48 shrines done. Uh, I'm trying to focus on side quests. Because when I beat it the first time, I still I think over half the side quests I hadn't done. I, I so can't there's, believe that you did. I, I mean, I think I did all of them. I I focused on doing all the shrines, and I went those I, two. I think the last twenty or thirty, I had to use a map to find the yeah. rest of them. I I just didn't do the side quests. But um, man, I'm telling you, this game has its hooks in me again, and I have a whole bunch of quests don't, to do. Please don't burn yourself out. No, I'm not going to burn myself out. You on are. It. You just, you, I have you a, a. I've been trying to do the side quest, the shrine quest, which I'm not super fascinated with because I know I've done all the the shrines already. But man, it's there's all of these DLC I since 17. Did you ever do all the DLC quests where you had to? I did. Yep, I did the the, did the, the master sword one. They did the alpha. Yeah, I did all those. I did. Okay. I did everything there is to do in Breath of the Wild besides collect the fucking seeds because there was no point in that. Oh, really? I did, so I did everything else. I collected every single armor. I did. I remember farming all the dragon scales. Like I did to sell wow. them. I I did everything there was possibly to do. 
besides the seeds. Deeper and harder, Drew always. Well, um, I'm going to. Penetration. I'm going to. I'm. I'm. I'm going to continue going. I'll tell you one of my favorite things to do in Breath of the Wild that I was doing today is freaking scanning all my amiibo in and having all the meats all and stuff come down. Yeah. And I've got a ton of fucking amiibo. And I was having a blast today. I was like, doop, doop, doop. And he just like, you just start stocking up your inventory. And then I had to stop and do a whole bunch of cooking because I didn't have a lot of meals that would just do my heart. So I was doing that and I had a lot of fun. And then I've been hitting up shrines and I'm trying to get my stamina wheel up. And it's like, wow, that loop is so addictive. But I'm trying to find all the outfits. I know I didn't get all the outfits the first time. I'm trying to do it by reading the clues and figuring it out. But if it takes me like 45 minutes and I'm having trouble, I feel like as long as I give it a nice, honest attempt, I'll go look it up. And I don't want to spend five hours doing it. And yeah, so I'm in the middle of trying to get the dark armor. I'm just going to do a lot of that stuff. But I think I need to do the DLC. So my goal this week is to do the DLC because having the Master Sword fully powered up is really nice. The Master Sword trials are super hard. They, like, they, the, yeah, because re- there's like three difficulties. Probably the hardest Zelda thing I've ever done. Yeah. Out of any I did Zelda the, game. I did them all, but I was probably better at battle than I am right now. I'm still trying to get it in my muscle memory. But what I do want to do is I want to do the one where you get the motorcycle. Yep. Because when I got the motorcycle the first time, that was the last thing I did in the game. But yeah, this, you didn't need it anymore. So it was so super useful, but I never used it. So I feel like now I should just do this immediately because I am still, there are huge areas of the map where I can see the map. I've unlocked all the areas, but I haven't done any shrines in those areas. So I need to explore. And the motorcycle would be super helpful. So I, I feel like as much as I want to try to get all the armors this week and whatever, I need to go do, I don't know. What I think it's the DLC where you have the one hit sword that will get you the five years. I can't remember. Yeah, I think the one where you have to do the there's like three difficulty levels. That's that powers up your master sword. And I can do at least easy and medium at least to get that. But I want to get the bike. So my my goal this week is to just stop everything and go get the freaking bike. Well, that'll make everything faster. You'll be playing Advance Wars. Friday, I will be playing Advance Wars. Mm. I can get the bike before Friday. Did I need to pre-order that? Actually, you know, that might be a digital. Eh. I don't think you need to pre-order it. I don't mind if I get that one digitally. I can't wait for it. I wouldn't mind having that one. I cannot wait to see what that looks like. Let's get to the meat. Drew, we finally got the trailer that we've been waiting for the tears of the kingdom trailer. If you remember, and I know you do the breath of the wild trailer is one of the great game trailers of all time. Tugs at the heartstrings, nostalgia and blew us away. Uh, It's hard to remember now, but we spent a long time not having information on breath of the wild. We really saw very little of the game. Mm -hmm. And when they dropped this at that Nintendo switch presentation, it was freaking mind blowing. Go watch the Nintendo New York City reaction watching this trailer. Everyone right. is in this dead silence. And then at the end, they're all like, ah! we've seen enough of this game now. And we know what the Breath of the Wild universe looks like. So I don't think it has that effect. But this was a damn good trailer. Was it not? Right. It was. It was. It, uh, yeah, I thought it was a great trailer. I thought it showed a lot, but not. I think there's still so much mystery, which is perfectly fine in a Zelda game. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, you know, the, it's funny because the things with some of these trailers you see with Nintendo games and games that you know you love, it's like, yeah, like it, it's such, you, you don't see a lot. It gets your hype up, but you really don't know what you're getting into. It doesn't show a lot. But at the end of the day, like, I don't even need to see any. I, I know it's going to be a great game. Like, like, like the trailer is, is doesn't do much for me. I want to excuse my partner here for a second. By the way, before the show, he watched the trailer for the second mm. time. I've watched this trailer 20 times at least. Trailers I don't go- feel like your energy level is where it needs to be right now. This trailer was so good. It's almost better than the first trailer. I don't it think ha- that's true. It follows the same sort of formula. It starts out in the beginning, very peaceful, whatever. And then we see some story and then. But man, once you start seeing Ganondorf, holy shit. First of all, one of my complaints of the first game, and I didn't have many complaints, but one of them was Ganon was like Calamity Ganon. Games need to have a human or human-like character mm-hmm. to interact and bounce off and feel emotion. And Calamity Ganon was just a big spider-looking thing, you know? Yeah. I'm so excited that we are getting Ganondorf. And his dialogue that was just in the trailer was incredible. And his scream, I mean, like, so good. I cannot wait to defeat the guy. And then that right at that point of the trailer when he screams is when you hear that classic Zelda tune, yep. which is kind of what they did in the first trailer. And oh man, like you get a little teary. I will say this trailer. Childhood. Well, and, and here's my thing. The first trailer was very focused on the environment and showing off the world. Mm-hmm. Right. Hyrule. Um, this one was a lot more focused on. I feel like small clippets of action and fighting and diving and driving. Like, it was more on the action of the stuff. Yeah. Right? I, I think the, the, the beauty of Breath of the Wild was the exploration and never knowing what was around the corner. So it was the mystery of that. I, I feel like now that we know that, the expectation is it's going to be similar to that. Even though it might, it might be totally different with the shrines. And the, we don't know. Yeah. But this, this trailer didn't focus a lot on the, the exploration of the land. It was very heavy on action sequences. And characters. And characters, right? So... To me, personally, that's why I liked the other trailer better, because I'm all about the exploration, seeing the land, and seeing that reward, seeing those, uh, what do you call the, the the towers? That, you know, like, standing up on the towers and overlooking. This towers. is much different with the sky. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly just, what they are. Just towers. Yeah. You know, with the skyfall stuff, or what would we call them now? Sky, the Skylands. The Skylands. Skylands. Yeah. Skylands. I don't know. I, and again, I'm sure it's going to be so much fun once I have it. I'm not sold on the Stylands yet. Just It'll because be it seems like they're so far down. And I do like your theory that we talked about last time about that's the loading sequences. Um, again, I, I don't want to take anything. The trailer is fantastic. I, I just, when you compare it to the Breath of the Wild one, trailer-wise, I thought the other one was better. It's just two different totally feels with this is more action sequence focused. Yeah. So my biggest takeaway in what I learned from this trailer is feels like you're going to be fighting with these other characters. And if you remember in the first game, you don't really fight with the other characters very often. They, they sometimes will help you to get into the Divine Beasts, yep. um, but they don't help you at all in the Divine Beasts. They're kind of like NPC characters. And that's it. 
in this game, I feel like they're trying to communicate to us. You are going to yeah. be fighting with these characters. There's so many scenes where you have a bunch of people behind you or you're going into battle and there's even like a piece of dialogue. I'm not sure who says it, but they say you're not alone, Link. And I think that's a big resounding theme of this game is you are going to be playing with some AI controlled or whatever NPCs. And I think that's that's really fun. I'm really curious to see what they do there. The so, other the other thing. Oh, go on. No, no, no. Well, all I'm going to say with that, with that being said, like, what do you think that does for the storyline of this? Like, like, what, what's your theory? What's your thought? I mean, is this after is this before my, so my current theory is there's going to be some time stuff in this game. There has to be, we're seeing Zelda with sort of, a uh, like a shorter hair, but then we're seeing her with a much shorter hair and, Right at the end, she says something to like Link, like, come find me, Link. Like, why would you say come find me, Link? She's just sitting out in the open. She's not in a prison or anything like that. Now, I have a feeling that there are two timelines in this game that we are playing in um, what is the sequel to Breath of the Wild. And I have a feeling that, you know, that sequence where Link is trying to catch Zelda and she's falling down. Mm -hmm. I think she's going back in time. And she is trying to affect the environment to help in the future. So like we need to like, I think we've seen scenes where the master sword is broken and that I think like she can fix it and she can do things that affect the future that help link. And I think they are helping each other through time. Here is my bombshell theory. Previously, I thought we would see a dark world. That was kind of my fanfic of the trailer. There could be. Here's what I think. And I'm hoping this is true, but this this is this is out there. I think Zelda is also a playable character. They're not showing it yet. I think in the previous world, in the in the the hundred years ago or whatever, wherever Zelda is. Yep. I think she's playable. I think you're going to go back and forth between Zelda and Link and she will be playable. That's my theory. It's going to be like that whole. Uh, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door concept, right? When Princess Peach could put stuff in the treasure chest and then it would show up for Mario down. Mm-hmm. I, I get simplest version of it, but to your point, that's what it's going to be. She's going to be able to do things that change the future. Now, remember, we did have Breath of the Wild 1.5, right, with Hyrule Warriors. And people can forget about it. They can say it didn't exist, whatever they want. The fact is it existed specifically to tie in the story of all of these games, right? Mm. And spoiler alert, fast forward if you still plan on playing that game. That game took place, was a prequel to Breath of the Wild, right? 100 years ago. 100 years prior to it. If you beat that game... God, I, I hope I'm not wrong because it's been a while. It pretty much changes the storyline. Mm-hmm. It's like an alternate universe that says like 100 years ago, if we did these things differently, it actually changes what happens in Breath of the Wild, right? It's like the calamity didn't happen. We we prevented the calamity. Right. It's an alternate timeline. That's got to be what this is. This is Breath of the Wild different timeline because the because the calamity didn't happen 
the calamity didn't happen. So this is actually taking place the same exact time that Breath of the Wild is taking place. But because of what happened 100 years ago, it's changing the present day. And that's what we're going to see. Are you saying it's the Age of Calamity timeline, the Breath of the Wild timeline, or like a third timeline? It's the same, like, the day you walked out on the plateau in Breath of the Wild, mm-hmm. like, I think, let's say that's day one. Mm-hmm. Tears of the Kingdom, when you start the game, it's still day one, but the world is going to be different, and the Calamity never happened. Mm-hmm. That's that's possible. Because that's of it, the effects from Hyrule Warriors game. Yeah, I think a major part of this story is they are not giving a clue on. And I feel like there's there's a lot under the surface we don't even know. And that's the way it should be. Game trailers shouldn't give away everything. But there is something kind of huge that they have not Agreed. let on yet. And I cannot wait to see I, it. I just think that when Age of Calamity came out for Hyrule Warriors, that's like obviously was the in the heat of this game. The story was already written for Tears of the Kingdom, right? It has to be connected somehow. There's no way they would have had it out with saying there was this story just to not make sense. I, I will argue that hardly anybody actually played Age of Calamity and it would suck if it, it's like one of those things where it's like Kingdom Hearts. Sure. Where you put a game on some little system and you expect it's like it's like the Mandalorian. Like I expect you have have played this and you're like, no, nobody played that. And now you feel like you're you're missing out on a situation. Well, but I, I, I see what you're doing. I, I, yeah. It's certainly possible. As long as you wouldn't have to play Age of Calamity to understand it. Uh, it th- there's some, something going on. Like in a Hyrule Warriors game, why not just say it's Hyrule Warriors Zelda 2 and just put all the characters in? Why add this massive storyline that ties into all this this version of Zelda? It, I did, it well, When it, they did Age of Calamity, right, we all said, well, we already know the ending of it. Because it takes place a hundred years ago, and then it turned out we didn't because it was an we alternate did timeline. So it yeah. literally, and that's why I'm saying Tears of the Kingdom now is that alt. It created this new timeline because of that that game. I can't it's wait. Like, really quick, what's up with Zelda's voice? I like. There are so many people that criticize Zelda's voice. I don't know why. I like it. It's fine. I, what's the problem with it? Hold on. Is it the British accent? What is it? She what am I holding like on for? Old. No. She sounds. Old. She's British. Yeah. British people sound old. Well, maybe they should have hired Sadie. Well, it's the same Zelda voice as it was in the first game. A lot of people yeah, have but... criticized it, and I don't know what it is. Like, I think it's fine. I, I don't know. It's weird. I, I, I really like, like this version of Zelda, too, because she's very much not princessy. And I like the blue color and, you know, I always loved that in the first game. So I don't know. I'm, I'm fine. So, but in the trailer, we didn't really see any calamity type stuff, did we? I don't think so. We're seeing Ganondorf. I'm telling you, I think the calamity never happened. Do in you remember the version of the game? Do you remember the first teaser we got when they were going like underground? Because we didn't see that in this trailer. But there's the scenes where Zelda and Link are going underground. They're holding the torch. It's the first time we had gotten a hint mm-hmm. that there was a, a sequel. And that's when you see Ganondorf and he's kind of upside down. He's a skeleton and he kind of turns his head. Like, I'm curious to see where that uh, cutscene is in the game. Yeah. If that's the beginning or whatever. But I, I am, think- I was going to play this game. I, this trailer hyped me up. I'll probably watch it 20 times more before it comes out. What an amazing trailer. That's hard to follow up that first one. 
I love the way the music beats. I love the Zelda theme. And there's so much in this, the robot battles. There's so much going on. And they didn't even show any of like the fusing stuff and whatever. But we did see Link hold his sword with the shield fused to it, the rocket launcher. This is going to be so good. I can't. I don't want to be the person that says this could be the game of the year because like you got to see the games and play the games, but this mm-hmm. just looks like it's going to be so much fun. I can't wait. Last question for you. Mm-hmm. Will Link jump? He can jump already. Did he? Well, yeah, but like, did, did it jump in Breath of the Wild or was it still right, jump off an edge? No, he can, he can jump and you attack. It is weird. The jump button is X. Every game, the jump button is usually B, but that's the, the speed button. Because in most games, the the speed button is like one of the triggers or you tap the L stick. I hope they change it. I'm still not used to jumping with an X button. I hope they do change it. But if they don't, playing Breath of the Wild now will help me, I guess. But I don't know. All right. All right. Let's talk. Let's talk TV. TV. I like that we call it TV. But like if we were younger, we'd be like, let's talk streaming. What are you watching? I think we're watching some of the favorite shows. Let's start off with this. What did yeah. you think of? We haven't talked about it yet. What did you think about The Last of Us? Um, yeah, I I enjoyed it. And listen, I get the idea. It's not a zombie show, right? It's mm-hmm. as and I think you said it best to me once in a in a text. It's it's literally called The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Get it? It's about a human relationship thing. Um, I thought it was fun. I thought there was a lot of episodes that were really entertaining. I thought there was some that were a little eh. Um, I thought they they tried to be very artsy, and again, I I never played the game, so maybe that's what the game is. Uh, and and also with today's TV world, you know, they try to stick out a little bit. But I thought it was I thought it was okay. I don't think it was like the best thing since sliced bread. And I'll watch season two if they you know if they go forward with it. But it was it was uh it was good. It was good. It was average for me. I don't think it was was anything more or anything less i thought it was i thought it was incredible i mean my experience is just different than yours because i've played the game so i knew you know most of the story and there was like some divergences in story that we did see most notably the the bill and frank Mm -hmm. um because frank is dead in the last of us and um sam i always forget his name uh sam and henry um sam is deaf in the show but he's not deaf in the game but I, I feel like every time they diverged from the story, it was for a good reason and made for a new mm-hmm. sort of perspective on things. Yeah. I loved the final episode when they showed how uh, how um, Ellie was born and kind of gave a sort of like possible explainer about why she is immune. And I love the fact that the the woman giving birth to her was actually the voice of Ellie in the game. So I, I love the way they brought in a lot of the voice actors. Mm-hmm. All the major voice actors were in the show and they played great roles. That was great. I was I may be a little disappointed at the end because I, I thought we would see something different with the way the ending plays out. And yeah. it was like exactly like the game. Yeah. So I, and and when you play through with Joel going through the hospital to go get Ellie, it's so fun and there's so much stealth involved. And they just made it a quick like murder montage, and that's it. But you I, really so, have to stealth your but, way. But I all agree. That. Like it, it kind of wrapped up really quick for being a, a slower show. Mm-hmm. Which is, yeah. I don't, I have no problem with the original pacing. Like I, I don't mind a slow show like that. But like the last episode was like bam, like bam, 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 bam. Like okay, yeah. that was a lot to yeah. unpack quickly which was the opposite of how the whole other flow was so let me ask this again spoiler alert but i think it's a given at this point how how many years passed 
from the first team to the second team? What's that gap? I think it's seven. Seven. Okay. I think it's seven years. She is. God, I think she's 14. I think it's six years, actually. I think she's 14 in the first game and she's 20 in the second game. Yeah, it's a good distance because Ellie looks totally. I mean, she looks older in the second game. It's it's not a short. That's that's what I heard was they weren't going to cast her for the second one. I mean, I feel like you have to. Ellie in the second game is is so much grittier and feels like a different character. It's she's still there, but she's not as like, you know, I'm like in the first in the first season, she's like telling jokes from a book and that sort of thing. That is gone in the second yeah. game. In the second game, she is all business. She has had a lot of tragedy in her life, and that is gone. So you you can see Ellie in her face, but a lot of the the little girl Ellie is just not there. And so it'll be interesting to see how they can change. And I have confidence they'll do it, how they will transition into this second season yeah. with Bella Ramsey. Who, by the way, is, what is she, 20 years old? Like, she is the age of Ellie in the second game. I don't disagree, but I I thought I read somewhere they were going to not. And I'm surprised that they they maybe didn't go in a different direction and didn't make a gap. But I think the way it ended was pretty clear that they were going to kind of gap it. Yeah, and the second season should match the second. I think we've already heard that they're going to do two seasons to match the second game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope that they do like one or two seasons for the third game. Cause I feel like the third game will come out true and then, and then just end it. I don't, I don't want to see them like make up stories or whatever. Agreed. But it was great. It was fantastic. I'll probably watch it through again while I'm working some, some weeks. I, I, I really did enjoy it and it's not that long as yeah, it was a great no, time. It's not. Um, Mandalorian. I, so I have not watched the latest episode, but I'm caught up with the rest of it. The, Oh, so you haven't okay? Because that the Wednesday is the final episode. You yeah, haven't, haven't seen watched last the last one. one. Okay, yeah. yeah, it was a good episode. I will say this: um, it's 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 fun. I mean, there's there's some parts of it that are are making it less Mando and more Star Wars. Yes, I I mean, I I don't know the 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 the, the fun part about Mando in the first two seasons was. Every episode was a new adventure and he had a bounty and he was just, that was his mission, right? Mm-hmm. I hate to say it, but like Grogu is now obviously the main focus. And I wonder when they came up with the concept of Mandalorian, if that was always the case. Like, what if Grogu came out and it was like, that's not Baby Yoda, that's Ugly Yoda. Like, like, and they, and, and people didn't like him if they would have continued this journey of it making it now about the the Mandalore and Grodu. I, like the show was awesome because it was just about this bounty hunter guy who was kind of a rebel who just went to ice planets and killed spiders and just did these cool things and like now it's into the the Star Wars world of politics and you know whatever the fuck that side story was with the doctor, like, oh, just, yeah. like, like very Star that, Wars, very Star Wars, like Andorish. And I loved Andor, but like, I don't, I don't really, I feel like they're not really sure where they're going with it. Or maybe I'm just fucking lost, but I think they know. I think the last episode will help you a bit. 
But okay. I, I agree with you. The first two seasons were very much, you know, just Pedro Pascal and Baby Yoda. And this season has made me feel dumb. Uh, one of the reasons yeah. I really liked the first season when they did it was it felt like a reboot of Star Wars. I the Star Wars universe is fine, but, you know, since the original trilogy and I'll date myself, but since the original trilogy, they've gone in so many directions. They did the prequels. That's fine. Then they did the whatever you want to call the latest three. And then they had Rogue One and then they've had the shows and the Han Solo movie. And the worst part was the the cartoon. I'm going to call them cartoons, right? Mm-hmm. Because they started filling in gaps between movies with yeah. animated TV shows. And it's like, but oh, my nobody's God, watching like, all that. Yeah. Like, I think the, I don't I, I just don't like how a movie and then a movie and then a movie. And then, oh, you have to watch this show over well, here. I heard the attack of the clones or whatever it's called cartoon yeah. that has like seven Clone, seasons uh, is Clone like Wars? Pi- Clone Wars is like yeah. pivotal to watch and understand everything that happens in that. Like in that, the prequels. That's what a, a lot of people say that. Like, yeah. I don't have the time to watch a seven season cartoon. And it's old. And it's it. it, yeah. it it's the animation is not great in the early parts of the <laughs> that show. It's like, it's, it's kind of like, yeah, it's hard to watch. Yeah. It's like playing in 64 games. I tried watching it. I, I seem, same thing. I, 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 couldn't. I felt like the clone wars, having the clone wars affect the prequels really annoyed me. Mm. But the fact that now the clone wars plays such a big role in the Mandalorian really pisses me off more. Yeah, I don't like it because I wanted this to be a standalone reboot of a story and they just keep bringing in more and more and more. I think that's the point, right? We were hoping to see more. I mean, the Star Wars universe is great. I I love it. I like. Yeah. But to your point, like we're now just tying it all back into the other shit. Like, why can't we just have it about this guy? Be its own thing. Just doing adventures and stuff. I know. know, Exactly. And I was already pissed off. I didn't realize that I needed to watch the Boba Fett show oh, to yeah. fill in the gap with the Mandalorian. They never that, told me that. That was bad. They shouldn't have done that. They never told me that. I had a feeling that Mando was in some of the episodes of Boba Fett oh, just from seeing what people saw on Twitter. But like, I didn't realize that was such a necessary part to it because when they come back in this season three and you're like, all right, let's cool. Let's see what's happened with Yo- Baby Yoda. And he's just there. And he's mostly yep. the same. I mean, he's not that different of a character. Yeah. And it's like, okay, what happened? Did he do training? And it's like, oh, no, that was all in the, the Boba Fett show. So it's like, so I kind of have to watch the Boba Fett show, but I still haven't watched it. Oh, I'm, you, ha- I'm kind you, of should. you should watch I it. I still it's haven't not, watched it. I think it's only six episodes. Yeah, but I think it's just dumb. Like, watch this, it. You'll this, like, show, this show should be a sequential thing. It shouldn't be the story is continued in some other show. I, it's I, so I Why didn't they just that. do the Boba Fett show and just say Mandalorian season three and just make that season three? Because uh, agreed. Me, he's in it. He's in it. What? Why call it the Boba Fett? <laughs> like, I don't understand the book of Boba Fett. Just make how that you, season three. I don't how do you understand. feel that Pedro Pascal doesn't even have to show up on set. That what? Oh, do you don't, so he's, he he's, doesn't act. He doesn't act. He just voices. So did he, was that the, I, I recently heard that and I wasn't sure that's what I heard. All of season three. I don't know about the previous season three. His contract was, he didn't have to show up on set at right. all. So he, Everything so he, was like voice over the computer. So he, was he actually in the suit in one and two? I mean, besides the I scene where he takes two, the mask I, off. I think obviously. in one, I'm not sure about all of two or Boba Fett, okay. but I think I, I know for sure season three, he's not on set. Yeah. Okay. I, I did hear that too. That's crazy. That's, that's just nuts. 
That's whatever. Fun. I mean, you don't see him and he's his star is rising. So what's he going to do? Like, I don't you know, I, I I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. We haven't seen his face at all. Right. Or since that one time, it? just that one time. Well, we saw it in season one and we saw it, I think, twice in season two. Have Maybe. we seen it in season three? I no, we haven't. I thought we would, too. I guess no, that's why will. he's not on set. Um, I, I assumed you'd see his face more. He's more famous now. You'd think they would just take his helmet off permanently. But this whole season has been well, about. Now, no, you, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, Ted Lasso. Ah, love it. I'm up to date. You up to date? I'm up to date. I it's it's Ted Lasso. The this season's Ted Lasso fine. Is, it's the, the one liners and shit like that that they have. I mean, I'm, I'm all getting... set with the whole Keely timeline, to be honest, and her opener business. I like, I don't like the Keely thing. It's too much, though. Like half of every episode's about her and the business. Yeah, I don't it's... even get what that business is. It's just her own business. And there's these other characters there, and I really don't give a fuck about any of them. No. It is a weird side story going. I'd on. rather have more of a like what's Roy doing in his personal time. Than, than yeah. Keely. Why do you think they had Keeley and Roy split up? I don't know. I know Keeley is like um, a writer for this season. So is she? Oh, okay. Obviously, that made sense that she's involved in her. Yeah, I don't know because that was such like, a fun couple to watch. Yeah. Like I don't know what don't the know. and even like the the his nephew her niece, his niece, like that was a good little side story that I enjoyed. I feel like it didn't last long enough. Yeah. I don't really understand it. I find it weird. Did you you saw the last episode? You're you are caught fully caught yes. up with. Yep. Okay. Can I, I just gotta say this. Did you see the cleavage that Keely was showing in the last episode? What was that about? Uh, I, be, uh, a lot I of mean, cleavage. just out of nowhere, she was just doing a lot of like sitting at her desk and her cleavage like, just push spilled, bras spilled, up. spilled um, over. We've never seen that before. Web, if you dig the dark web, she used to be naked in a lot of places. <laughs> That's just saying. I, I, I just found it so weird. I was like, oh, my God, all of a sudden she's just like, um, I, I will say Ted, the, the season is fine. I, I kind of can see where they were going with the Zaba Zaba storyline yeah. and they were like depending on him and winning. The show is always still weird to me because they just they lose. And I like I it, there's no reality where Ted Lasso is a real coach. He's in they were in season three and he doesn't understand how soccer works. I know. And I have been frustrated a little bit where the owner wants to win. Totally. I totally get it. Like yeah. you can't even sit there and say. She wants to win too much because he's trying to get back at her ex-husband. But huh. like, I mean, she owns a soccer team. I do want to win. And Ted Lass is there like doody doody do. And like, I feel like at this point, he should be wanting to win a little bit more. He just it just he just feels like he doesn't care. And maybe that's getting a little old. I feel like his character is, maybe needs to evolve. a little I, bit. I, you know what? You think you nailed it there. Like, like, I'm OK with his carefree attitude, but. Yeah, there, there's it's unrealistic. There's, it's it's like it's unrealistic. Where like you gotta want to win. He doesn't even care. He doesn't care that they have what one or two wins for the season. Yeah, they lost a game, and he's in his office, and the owner comes in, and she's like, "What's going on?" or whatever. And he's like, "Oh, you seem mad." It's just yeah. like oh, this isn't realistic. Well, even, like even when like Zav is missing, and he's like, "Who cares?" Like, what's the point? Why does that? Like, what do you mean? Like, no, I know. What do you mean? Who like your players aren't there? Right. And, and when a professional the, that didn't paid, I know when the show started, I think the team was bad and it was in disarray. 
and his style was going to translate like we're 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 talking about humans here and that will translate into soccer success. But now in season three, like, you know, they got the Mexican guy and they got Jamie Tart and they had Zava and whatever. You're like, OK, let's let's win. Like, let's and then, you know. then they started the whole storyline with like Roy Kent and Jamie Tart. Like, I'm going to mm-hmm. train you. And it was like one episode, of like waiting up the middle of the night. And then like three episodes. Away, they never talked about it again. Yeah. You're right. This season I feel like is that kind will, of a mess. I feel like that will pay off, but it has been. I, that'll pay off. I mean, Jimmy Tart's now probably going to do something. Now that Zav is gone, it's going to step back up and be the hero. I, yeah. I agree, but I think the show is fine. I just feel like when when Jason Sudeikis does the little one liners, yeah. they don't land for me like they did. I just I'm just kind of over that joke. Do. I know, but it's like I'm kind of over the joke. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I just feel like it has to do something a little bit different well, or whatever. I think but it's now fine. like. It was all about Ted Lasso and like that. There's too many other little storylines now too, mm-hmm. right? With yeah. with Nate going on and, and like you said, Keely and the owner. There's just all these other little things that take up. But I will say the episodes are getting long. I think the last one was like 52 minutes. Yeah, they it are. It used to be long. like 30. Uh-huh. Yeah. I know. So I guess they're long. That's good. That's better. They can have more of that story, but. Not you always. Know. I mean, like you got it, as long as they're fulfilled at the end, it doesn't matter how long they are. I feel and like I, the Mandal- Mandalorian has gotten longer too. They have too. The and, other thing, I'll, last thing I'll say about Ted is like I'm also kind of sick of the storyline between him, his wife, and his son. Like that's gone on I, a long I, time. I, I get it, but like, yeah, it's it's the same thing that was happening. You know, episode two of season one. I get it. You miss it. You have this weird thing with your wife. You need to just get over it. He had this psychiatrist, like. I don't know. I'm, I'm yeah. kind of tired of it. Like he's, like, he's back to the panic attacks. Yeah. And it's like, okay, where are we going here? He had the panic attacks. He talked to the therapist. He seemed to get over it. Now the panic attacks are back, but it's not like the therapist left him. He still talks to the therapist. Yeah. I almost I don't wish, know. Like, like she fully helped him to get over all of it. Mm-hmm. And now like season three, like that is end of season two. And now season three, like he focused on winning. Like that's kind of wish what I, I hoped was mm-hmm. going to happen. It's, it's the same shit though. Right. Yeah, I don't understand. Uh, we'll yeah. see. I mean, we'll see where it goes. I don't have yeah. any episodes. It's still a great but... show. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, before we leave Apple TV Plus, Schmigadoon, Schmigadoon Season 2. I don't know if you ever saw Schmigadoon. I've but, heard of it. Uh, it is uh, Apple TV Plus. It has Cecily Strong and uh, Keegan-Michael Key, the voice of Toad. And they they go into this fantasy world that's like a musical. So if oh, you're that you movie, know, that show. Yeah, it's yeah. like they're in like a musical. Cecily Strong is one of the great SNL cast members of all time. So I we watch it really just for Cecily Strong. Um, but Michelle was a theater nerd. She she graduated in theater in college. And I I I love it. And this season, Schmigadoon season two. Schmigadoon was like a like happy, joyous, like very much theater. Season two is called um Schmicago. So they are in this fantasy world, but it's not as happy, jolly. It's very like dark and sexy and gritty, like Chicago style. And all of the same characters are there, but they're playing different roles. And I love when shows do that. It's like the same actors, but they all have different roles and they're doing totally different things. And you see the range of the 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 the, the characters. Um, so I'm enjoying that. I think we're two episodes in now. Um but yeah, Schmigadoon, it's I, I wanted to talk about it because no one really talks about it, but it's really mm. good. And then uh, you've been watching this Jeremy Renner thing. No, I, I watched it's just one thing. Uh, it's it's came out on Disney Plus. It's like Diane Sawyer fucking interviewed him. But I mean, you heard about what happened with him. 
And he got, as far as I know, he got run over by a snowplow. You should watch this. It's like a 45 minute documentary. <laughs> it, it, I don't know. It was, it was like, how is this guy still alive? It's just the whole story. And they show like, they do like a model simulation of what happened. And it's like, it was just blew my mind. I, I do need to see it. Is he mostly like, okay? Is, is he still kind of recovering? Yeah. I think he just started walking again. Oh, okay. So he's. Yeah. Oh right. yeah. He has like plates and bars in his legs and. He's fucked wow. up. Like, yeah, wow. he's lucky. He's lucky to be alive. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, I mean, uh, you just can't dork around with that stuff. And I think you try to like save a nephew or something like well, that. I think but... What happened? Yeah. I mean, they'll show it in the show. Essentially, okay. the, the snowplow was going towards the truck and it was slipping. And then he tried to like yell and you'll just watch it. You'll, yeah. you'll see it. But yeah. Be careful. It was with just like it's on Disney Plus. Um, it was just kind of eye opening. Like, holy shit. Like, that was crazy. I'll try to watch it. I'll try to watch it tomorrow. Yeah. Short. Just one one episode thing. Um, Barry season four uh, starts tonight. It's on HBO Max. I have really enjoyed Barry. Once again, I'm watching it because Bill Hader stars in it. Uh, yep, yep. I have really enjoyed it. There's one particular character that absolutely steals the show. It's unreal how good they are. And so season four is the final season, which is fine. Um, we'll be able to watch the first two episodes before HBO Max subscription ends, and then I won't be able to watch the the ending for a few months when we go back to it. But Barry is definitely worth watching. It's really good. And Bill Hader, the first season was very dark. It's a very dark comedy. This, I think the second season they figured out, this is Bill Hader. He's actually really funny, and the second season's much funnier. It's still dark, but it's much funnier. Uh, third season was good. Got got darkish again. I, I don't know what's happening with season four. Um, we'll we'll start watching it tonight. But if you haven't seen Barry, it is definitely worth a watch. Steven Root and Bill Hader and just some of the best character actors you'll see. Just absolutely great jobs. Um, so I'm excited for that one. But Drew, I did watch Hook. It has happened. I, I think it was it took only a few days after I could see first again. And I, and I John, watched what, Hook. First impression. I am not a Peter Pan fan. I mm-hmm. think the movie is terrible. I don't know why you like it, I, but I understand the nostalgia. I love the idea of Peter Pan. Uh, the Neverland. idea of Peter Pan. but the, Neverland. Yeah. I will say it's a good movie. It is. I I didn't understand how the, the Peter Pan tied to the movie, and I it's not a Disney movie, which is funny. I had to watch it on, I think, HBO Max. Mm-hmm. I thought it was on Disney+, Plus, but it's not really a Peter Pan movie. It's yeah. kind of a like I, I think Disney didn't have the rights anymore. So somebody else just made a Peter Pan movie, um, but it was good. I understand like that the idea that Robin Williams was Peter Pan and then somehow forgot about it because he wanted to be a father and then he kind of became a bad father and then sort of learned. Um, it was really good. It's good to see. It's always good to see Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. I thought it was weird. Julia Roberts was never interacting with any of the characters until near. I think she has a one kiss with Robin Williams. Otherwise, I swear to God, Julia Roberts scenes are all filmed externally yep. to everything else. It's very <laughs> weird looking, um, but it was really, really good. Professor McGonagall is in it and uh, I liked it. Yeah, I, I can't say anything bad about it. The one thing that's weird about it, I'm not saying this is bad at all. It's just weird. So Dustin Hoffman is hook. He does a great mm-hmm. job. It is so funny because Normally in this kind of movie, Hook is out to get Peter Pan. But for the entire movie, Hook is just like, hey, dude, I hate you, um, but we're going to go play baseball. Or It's just like, (laughs) like, 
I guess he's not trying to kill Peter Pan or something like that. It's just kind of a weird flow. Peter Pan's just kind of hanging out, that trying to learn to get his thing. Yeah, yeah, he's trying to get his imagination and whatever. And and Hook is just like winning his son over. And it's I don't know. Hook doesn't seem like a really bad dude. I don't. Know. <laughs> it's just, just weird. Hang out with him. Yeah, yeah. Bit of a long movie, but I love. It is long. It's. Uh, I think it was in '91. There was one scene in it, and I love watching. 70s 80s 90s movies for these reasons there is a scene when he's on the airplane and they the steward the stewards have fed them food and i was just like wow look you're on an airline and they're feeding you food like wow that's cool (laughs) it's just i i love seeing things that are dated in movies and that one was like so joyous i was like wow look at air travel back in 30 years ago um yeah no i did i did enjoy it about time the best Peter Pan film ever made. New one comes out soon. Sure, surely better than the original Peter Pan, which I think is unwatchable. Yeah, you, stop um, but that. you do you, Drew. I will. Uh, I think that's it. I, I haven't watched anything else. Survivor season 44. Going strong. <laughs> Fucking season 44. Jesus Fucking Christ. Show. I will say for anyone that watched last week's episode it was fucking stupid. You know why? There's too much drama. There's too much. I feel like the producers like kind of hand wrote the, what happened. I mean, Pretty reality general. shows are every jump to my survivor. Maybe, maybe one. like, cause reality shows are generally like that, but maybe they just revealed their hand a little too much. Like they, they, they controlled too much. I think. Yeah. But anyways. All right. That was good to catch up. Next time we chat, we're going to talk about Barry. All right. Uh, let's finish up with some listener questions. We have some long running listener questions. Let's go. Darth Platypus. What is your favorite Zelda game? Simple. Such a hard question. That's such an easy question. Wind Waker. If you ask me this question every single day, I'll probably give you a different answer. I, I would also have said Wind Waker, but after playing Breath of the Wild these last few days, I'm wondering if Breath of the Wild needs to go mm-hmm. into my top 10 of all time. I mean, I obviously everybody loves Breath of the Wild, but I feel like I need to give it its due. Is it my favorite Zelda game? I think at this point it probably is, but I love Wind Waker. That's that's always been one of my favorite 3D ones, and I love Adventure of Link. Hmm. I don't know why. And of course, I love the original, but Adventure of Link, I love the RPG aspect of it. So I will say, too, really quick, I know I played through Majora's Mask last year. Mm-hmm. That game, and I used the guide. I'm not hiding that. It was so fun doing everything and collecting all of it. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I got Majora's Mask in Breath of the Wild today, by the way. Ooh. All right. Next question from Darth Platypus. What is one off the wall thing you'd like to see in Tears of the Kingdom? I feel like I already said, which is I think Zelda is Zelda, a playable that, character. That's pretty off the wall. Yeah. Um, I, I, I want some type of like unlockable side quest when you beat the game and play as Ganondorf is something. Oh, that would be cool if you could play the game as a different character. Like, maybe it's not the full game, but like a, like a three to five hour side story or something. I don't know. <laughs> maybe DLC. Yeah, that'd be cool. What about if you, you know, when you take your clothes off in breath of the wild and you have like a spandex underwear or whatever, mm-hmm. there's like one part of the game where you do have to take your clothes off and whatever, you can run faster with it. What if there's no spandex underwear? What happens if you take your clothes off in Tears of the Kingdom and you're just fucking nude? Like, oh. manscaped, all that. 
just had a big slon flopping around when you're running. Like, yeah, like he's like 10 inches long. He um, must be. And it ties into why his name is Link. I don't know. <laughs> he's trying to be. All right. Solo something. Good question. Uh, good questions, Darth Platypus. Solo something. We've got three from Solo something over Ooh. the last month. After both loving Ori, as anyone should, do you both now have the Ori plushie? We all know the answer to this. I do not. And I want it. And John's going to shove it in my face right now. It's right there. It's on the screen. It's in the bots, though. You can't hug it and kiss it. Oh, no. I've taken it out. It's not. Okay. Yeah. He just stays there. Um, I need it. I want it. Anyone yeah. find it for me? I'll pay you. I, I have the Ori special edition. I have the plushie. I have the games. And I bought I them digitally. Ori. So Actually, I did see it once in the store. I almost bought it. I ended up buying the Shovel Knight one instead because I wanted the Shovel Knight game. That's a good and one. And I didn't have the game. Did it come with Treasure Trove? Or... It did. Okay. And I and I already had the Ori game. So I was like, well, let me get the Shovel Knight plushie and a game yeah. rather than just buying like a $30 plushie. Have you played through Shovel Knight yet? No, right? Did I even put the digital code in? I don't now think. That you, now that you say it. You better make sure, because I, I think the code is on the receipt. Probably threw it away. <laughs> it might be gone. <laughs> you should play Treasure Shove. It's a, I mean, even if you just play the original Shovel Knight game and then see where you go, but you should at I've least played, play the I've first game. i played the original Shovel, Shovel Knight. I have. Oh, okay, you've played it through. I played it on the Wii U, I think. Oh, okay. I thought oh, you yeah, yeah. did. No, no, no. I played the original. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, when you played Dig. Oh, that's weird. Okay. No, no, no. Dig was my second one. There, the the DLC for Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon is coming very soon. To switch. Oh, I thought that already came out. It's, I, I think it is shit. out on Steam now. I'm not playing. I can't. Any I, day it could drop on Switch, and I will be jumping back in. Okay, good question. What moment in Breath of the Wild had you first say, "Dude, this is so freaking sweet"? I'll go two really quick. I think the climbing was really fun. Um, and just trying to get to that, you know, climbing anywhere concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I'd say so for didn't sweep, but I, I, I loved collecting the armor and upgrading the armor. I don't, mm-hmm. that was just one of my favorite things to do. Oh, with the fairies. I totally forgot about that. Yep. Sweet. Mine are very early in the game and maybe it's just cause you're like new in the universe. But honestly, when, just when you start the game, I loved how, quickly the game started there wasn't like 20 minutes of cutscenes or whatever mm-hmm. and they kind of tutorialize and you get out of the cave and then you have that moment where you go to the cliff and you see everything which we had kind of seen already but just just getting out of that cave and then you turn to your right and the guy's shouting for you and you get the stick and you get the apple and it's just the music is just light and beautiful and i was like you just knew you were going to play something special um that's one and then the second is also very early on when you you have to cut down that tree and you cross over and there's like a cliff and you need to climb up there and it's going to be cold and you're going to need some stamina. And that's how they teach you those aspects of the game. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, how do I get these? <clears throat> I had to, you have to get these things to make the <coughs> food so that you can stay warm. And I remember I was like, wow, they really got me. This is an open world game, but here I am in this situation trying to figure out how to get the doublet and get the food and cook. And I was like, God, this is just an amazing experience already. And the game ended up being super special. 
Um, but those those early memories uh, were so good. I, I really enjoyed them. There's probably some other aspects, too, but those those hmm. two will always stick out in my head. And that's why I think I always want to restart Breath of the Wild, because I love the, the plateau so much. So much. Third question from Solo. Which Breath of the Wild champion would you want to hang with every weekend? And which one would you never answer their text or calls? And of course, why? This is an easy one. Uh, I mean, definitely Darut. Darut, did I say it right? Yep. You got to hang out with him. That guy to throw back some beers. Anyone comes running around, he's going to take him out for you. Um, and who would I ignore? Uh, Ravali, 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 Ravali. That guy just looks like an arrogant prick. He's kind he's of a, a dick, right? He's just an asshole. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to hang out with him. He's talking, a little cocky, cocky motherfucker. I totally agree with you on Ravali. Mifa would be the one I would hang out with. She just looks so down to earth and cool and and awesome. Um, I kind of like her. You want to bang if there her? was like a like a fuck Mary kill though, like Urbosa's definitely on the fuck list. Like absolutely. Mm. But Mifa for Agreed. sure. I would totally hang out with Mifa. I, I totally see why Link was into Mifa. I don't Daruka, I don't know. I never like the I never like the Gorons. Oh, I love the Gorons. You know what I hate about Brother of the Wild is when whenever you have to freaking go to the Gorons, you have to put on your fire stuff. Yeah. And every time you want to go to the desert, you got to put on your girl stuff. I hate that. Like, I don't like going there. If I have a quest that's like, you need to go to the Goron or whatever. It's like, oh, fuck. I don't, I'm going to change into this big, giant suit. I, I hate like that. It. Why do I got to like do that? I hate it. Cross. Part of the environment. It's stupid. Okay. Like we it. have a voicemail from Bob Cousy. Hey, guys. Cousy here. Long-time listener, long-time caller. Hey, after speaking with several gaming aficionados and gurus and <laughs> Drew about the fusing aspect <laughs> and Tears of the Kingdom, I figure it's going to be a good thing as long as you don't have to use it. If you could beat like 80 to 90% of the game without using it, I think it's going to be really good just to play around with and have fun with. Uh, which got me thinking, are there any other core mechanics in games that completely turned a game off for you, made an otherwise great game unplayable for you? Uh, maybe it was Scrooge, McDuck's Kane, and DuckTales, or Happy <laughs> and Mario Odyssey. For me personally, it was that rewinding time mechanic in Life is Strange. Completely ruined that shit game for me. But uh, thanks for taking my call. I'll hang up and listen. I hate you, Coos. Wow. I love you, Coos. That's such a great question, and I remember listening to it and having an awesome idea. And now it's been three weeks later, and I forgot. <laughs> Let me think about this one. What do you I, got? I, well, so I will start off and say, I think I think Kuz is wrong. I think the fuse is going to be a big part of the game. Well, I it's going to help not. you lengthen the uh, the use of your weapons. You know, by when you fuse and it sort of restores each thing, you're going to want to fuse to get more length out of your, your weapons. So I think that's going to be a an important mechanic. And I think it's going to be all throughout the game. You're constantly, I mean, we've seen, and, and, and he sent that voicemail before we got this latest trailer, but just seeing like link with the sword and the shield fused is like, Oh wow, this is, and fusing is may not be permanent or whatever. Like this is a big aspect of the game. Part of progression. Not, it's not just for making funny weapons. So I think fuse oh, is going to be, be ways to open up doors and dungeons. It's going to be everything I think, mm -hmm. which I don't like. Yeah, but it's going to be fine. I, I wouldn't, I'm not worried about it at all. They, they're not going to screw this up. Yeah. Uh, in terms of like what's a core mechanic of a game that kind of mess things up. That's 
That's a tough one. I will say in Hollow Knight, one of the reasons I didn't like Hollow Knight is you have a nail as a weapon. And in order to have a easier time with bosses, because bosses are really hard in the game, you need to upgrade that nail. And it is just next to almost impossible to find the things you need to upgrade your nail. I just feel like they should just upgrade you more. You beat a boss, you're stronger. You level up, you're stronger. It's, it's like you have to go into the very corners of this world to find the thing you need to upgrade your nail. And it's hard. I don't know. I, I think the first time I played through and actually beat it, I upgraded it one time. And it's like, I think you can upgrade it three or four times. And it's just like, come on, man, just one upgrade, please. So I didn't like that. I can't, I'm trying to think of other mechanics that I didn't really like. It's hard to really think mm. of them. Maybe like the Tactics Ogre Reborn games, like kind of a turn-based tactics strategy that like I love and we've seen before. But I don't like that your, your uh, position, the, the way you're facing is key to the battle so every time you say okay i'm gonna go attack this guy on this turn then you have to decide which way you're gonna face because if they hit you in the back you're more vulnerable i didn't i didn't like that mechanic it makes every turn take longer i don't like it so i, I now know any games where you have to change your your direction after a move i'm not playing i'm just done with that um i'm gonna think of some really good ones and i want to come back to this episode but off the top of my head i'm gonna say a lot of games on the Wii. A lot of motion controls, right? Skyward Sword, as cool as it was, I didn't want to play a 50-hour game trying to swing and remote the right direction to, to kill a bad guy. So I never was a big fan of motion controls for games like that. I get motion controls are fun if you, you, know, you want to play a Wii Sports or something like that every once in a while, but like your mainline games should always have had the option to play without motion controls. That was right. always a big one for me. Um, I just time of my life when I didn't have kids and I just wanted to sit on the couch and play games. I didn't want to swing around a fucking remote. So motion yeah. controls was a big one for me. Starwood sword obviously jumps out, but there was probably plenty more of them that I could think of as well. It's made a lot of those Wii games. Just they didn't age well. Cause you just don't yeah. want to mess with it unless you yep. want to play punch out. Punch Cause out. you, you do the motion controls with punch out. But you don't have to. Oh, you don't have to. Do you, so you, you didn't just, play with them? You use the Wii Remote sideways. Okay. <laughs> which yep. which I also hate. Like Yeah, but either way, the only so, really it's so poorly ergonomic. I know. I, like and they do have the other controller, but you have to plug it into the Wii Mote. Yeah, so there's just no that. good way to just play. Yep. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah. I think that's a show. Well, John, what do we have coming up the next week? It's kind of busy. There is a lot. This is gonna be a great two weeks. First of all, we have Disney Speed Store. Ooh, I'll be getting that. I know you're excited for that one. That's coming out Mar uh, April 18th. Wow, two days. Holy crap. Yep. How is it April 18th? I might wait until after Advance Wars. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Plus, you get to see reviews, too. Yeah. yeah. Also, on April 18th, we get Minecraft Legends. Um, kind of a RTS sort of version of Minecraft or whatever. Is it an RTS? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I, to me, it looks like a Warcraft for Minecraft. <laughs> so it's gotten, it's gotten decent reviews. It hasn't blockbuster. It looks like it's like seven and a half sort of level or whatever. So, uh, April 19th, we get the final fantasy pixel remasters. And on that same day, uh, no, no, I'm sorry. Not on that same day. Well, on that same day, we also do get the, uh, horizon forbidden West DLC, which 
I am hopefully going to be playing very soon. April 21st, Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp. Cannot wait for that. April 28th, if you're if you're not on Nintendo Switch, April 28th, you get Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak DLC. So that that comes out for you guys. Uh, uh, Enjoy it. It's a lot of content. I've played way more time on Sunbreak than I did on Rise, just to put that into perspective, like maybe double. It's a lot of time. And then April 28th, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Uh, That is also not yet on Nintendo and probably never will. But that's a big one for you Star Wars nerds out there. April 28th. There's a lot coming out, man. There is a lot. This This is a busy time of year. And it's not good because it's like outside time. It is, but there's always time to play Switch. So I'm going to be very curious to see how Advance Wars fits in. Um, I'll I'll be interested to see how I pick it up, if I like it or don't like it. I mean, I'm I'm expecting I'm going to love it, but there's that small part of me like, what if I don't like it? I mean, why wouldn't you like it? I don't know. I'm just saying there's always that fear. How long will you play Advance Wars before you turn off the battle animations? That is the key question to these kinds of games. Good point. I I think they're pretty quick, but I turn them off on Wargroove fairly or, early on. Or if on. you just hit A and just skip them. I know, but then you do it every single time. After a while, it gets so boring. So um, how long before they turn off? Uh, but I cannot wait. I cannot wait for Advance Wars. It'd be so much fun. All right. We did it. Drew has been yawning precipitously the last few minutes. We have to we have to we have to end this now. <laughs> Get some rest. You're going back to work tomorrow. Back to uh, real life. Go back to the sausage factory. Listen. No comment. <laughs> Find out how much of this trip everybody remembers. And what was the name of the guy? What was the name of the guy that uh, didn't like you guys drinking during the escape room? I will not be saying his name. OK, well, say hi to him for me. <laughs> OK. Tell him I understand. I get it. <laughs> All right. Good night, Dad. Good night, Drew. Bye. The Dads After Dark Show is part of the Nintendo Dads family of podcasts. You can subscribe to us anywhere podcasts are available, including Google, Overcast, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you're using Apple Podcasts, don't forget to leave us a five-star review. Pretty please? Be sure to join us on the Nintendo Dads Discord in our Dads After Dark channels for some naughty After Dark talk. Leave us a voicemail with Anchor and we'll play it on our next show. Check our podcast description for the link. Follow us on Twitter and now TikTok at NDadsAfterDark or email us at dadsafterdarkshow at gmail.com. And a big thank you to Family Jewels for our show's music. That's all for tonight. Good night, Dads. Sweet dreams.